This is Maddie. And this is Cass. And this is Mage Monument. The continued adventures of Nymira Zlikstrin. Her days at the conservatory. Mm -hmm. See, I just got my book of Google. Mm -hmm. um, met all the professors. Maybe we should call it the Tome of Google. Tome it sounds, of Google. sounds more magey. Alright, sounds good. Did it have a name? It's the Tome of Google now. <laughs> go, go. Did you have anything else you wanted to contribute to the to intro? The intro? Well, I guess the recap, right? The, like where we left off. I have the uh, Tome of Google. Um, we talked to all our friends. Got to meet everyone. Uh, all right, you ready to start? I am. All right. What's Nightmare's armor class? Uh, 12. Perfect. So, as we begin, uh, Nymira, you are in the courtyard, and one of your professors raises their polearm no. and tries to strike at you, just barely missing you, causing you to kind of stumble out of the way. Make an acrobatics check to see if you fall prone. Oh, boy. Acrobatics? Nine? So as you, uh, as, as the professor barely misses you with her polearm, uh, you, tri you like kick a rock, <laughs> kick rocks, uh, you kick a rock and tumble backwards onto the ground, at which point your professor, uh, Professor Karaya, uh, launches into the air and brings <laughs> her polearm straight oh, down at you shit. and manages to stop right before she would strike you. Yeah. Uh, a photo for you that you remember, Professor uh -huh. Karaya. Uh, Professor Karaya teaches tactical application, the study yeah, of magic. Yeah, she's applying it tactically. <laughs> <Yeah>. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is me waking up in the morning? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> we kind of, little jump to the first day, okay. you know, to, to okay. class. I thought it was like, in my bed. <laughs> yes, she's ready to go in, in your bed. Anyway, we're outside. For your first day of tactical okay, application. Okay. It's a little, it's called a jump cut, you know? Um, as she brings her polearm down and, and stops before she strikes you, she like lifts the polearm and takes a couple steps off of you. And she turns to the rest of the class uh, and she says, That, children, is the tactical application with which you must use your magic to defend yourself. Can anyone tell me what Miss Zlickstrin did wrong? Several of the other uh, in your group are just kind of like, like Alame's looking like at everyone. Like she wants to say something but is hesitating, but no one else, everyone else is like, like Brayton and Sid are like, oh, no, hands up. no hands up. And then Alame like is just, just ready to shoot her hand up. But she looks at you when you're still like laying on the ground and she's like looking at you like waiting as if she's waiting for you to say it first. What I did wrong? Yeah. Like, Alan is, like, looking at you, like, come on. Come on. Like. Um, I didn't defend myself? The professor, like, looks down at you and says, I wasn't talking to you, Mrs. Lickstrin. <sighs> <clears throat> yes, Mrs. Lickstrin didn't defend herself. <clears throat> This is the. This is why it is important for you all to learn 
a tactical application for magic and its use in combat. Stand up, Miss Lickstrin. I stand up. Fall in line. And everyone is, like, in a line. Uh-huh. Um, you, like, all now are back. She says, Now, I have been made aware that some of you have had some minor magical training before attending the academy, or the conservatory. Is this true? She waits. In Does the, anybody else say anything? A couple of them look like they're, like, about to put their hand up. I sheepishly... Also raise my hand. She says, Miss Slickstrin. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Tell us what training you've received. Oh, gosh. Um. Uh. Nothing really. My, my mother just wanted me to have a little bit of a, something. She takes a couple of steps towards you and she says, Nothing. Then why did you raise your hand, Miss Lickstrin? I, I guess I shouldn't have. I, I can't do much. What can you do then? Are there dummies in this room? Uh, you guys are in the courtyard. Are there dummies out here? There are. There don't appear to be any dummies currently, but there is. There are. There I is. Re- I was really. Oh, but there is a fence line, and there are several items like sitting atop the fence line. I was really expecting you to say. That's not very nice to say to your dormant. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I was tempted to say is, well, there is one. <laughs> Rude. Um, I, I want to try to shoot off um, an, an item off the, the back line. Okay. With the firebolt cantrip. All right, let's see it. Let's uh, hope your rolls this session are a little bit better than your rolls last session. Uh-huh. So, I think my spell attack bonus might be wrong. Proficiency plus my intelligence. Correct. Oh. <laughs> no, it is right. It's just that high. Hey. <laughs> hey. Um, straight roll? Yep. Um, 13. A 13 is enough. Why don't you roll damage for me? The d10? It's a d10. Plus nothing, huh? Plus nothing. 10. Oh, so as uh, she's talking about, uh, you know, what, you know, why did you, why did you raise your hand, you know, uh, and you fire off this firebolt really quickly. Are you, do you have your wand with you? Is that yeah, how you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll do it through my wand. Mm-hmm. So as you uh, flick your spell and you shoot precisely at one of the like bottles that's sitting on this like back kind of fence area and you can tell like it's set up for tar- like a target practice. Um, you hit this bottle and you don't just knock the bottle off, mm-hmm. right? You hit the bottle and it just detonates the bottle. And the heat of your fire like melts the, the glass of the bottle as it like hits the ground. You can hear it sizzle on the, the, um, the gravel in the courtyard. All of your friends are like, oh, like they're that like like they're doing that like ah shit, but like they're not saying they're not making any noise because they're worried about upsetting the professor. Yeah, yeah. They're just like a bite in there, like oh. I'm kind of also in shock. I'm gonna go. Wow, that was really good. Um, that's the the best I can do. Why don't you try hitting a more um, well defended target? And she leaps backwards about. Uh, from a standstill, about ten feet, she like almost like backflips, like leaps back. Opportunity attack. 
I'm not a, was it mage caster? Oh, a war, war caster. War caster gets it. So she lands kind of almost defensively and she pulls her polearm down, like ready to defend herself. And she says, hit me if you can. I'll try. Okay. Now you will have disadvantage because she is taking the dodge action. Cool. As she's like ready to defend herself. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. A three and a four, which uh, goes up to a nine total. So you fling this firebolt at her and it isn't, admittedly it's off. Yeah. Right? It's not going to hit her. But she takes the opportunity to, uh, what do the kids call it? Flex. Mm -hmm. And she uses her polearm. And she, like, jumps in the way of the firebolt and swings her polearm to deflect it. And as she does so, uh, you see, like, the magic of her polearm kind of glow briefly as she deflects the spell. And then as she does so, she leaps right to you. Mm -hmm. at, like, 20 feet, 20 foot leap. And she lands with her polearm, like, ready to strike you. But she doesn't, obviously. She Are holds. Are my classmates, like, right next to me? Yeah. Is Lena right there? Yeah. I'm gonna go, You said you were gonna try to beat her up. <laughs> you say that after the professor has landed in yeah, front of you? Yeah, yeah. Um, Lena, like, w eyes go wide. And she goes... I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, what, 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 what do you mean? Oh God! I was just, you know, snitch. She, like, <laughs> I'm gonna try one fig more. whispers. I'm gonna try to firebolt again. Sure. If I can. Yeah. Well, she's now right in front of you, so she's like within five feet of you. So, do you look like you're about to like try again? Like, do you raise your wand up? As opposed to. Well, she's like right next to you, and firebolt's yeah. a ranged spell. Oh, I see. So, are you gonna wait for her to back up a little bit, or like, or are you striking the pose like you're gonna try again? I'm gonna try again, right? In my mind, I said that to Lena, kind of as she's coming up. Ah, okay, okay. And then I look back to shoot at her, so disadvantage. Disadvantage because you are within, within five feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, uh, twelve total. This one gets much closer, and you see her, the professor, uh, Karaya, kind of go wide-eyed a little, a, like a little bit, and Karaya like just dips out of the way as the firebolt goes like right past her and dissipates uh -huh. not, not far past her, and she kind of leans in, and she like almost kind of like gives you like a like a oh, like a little not a respect nod, like, uh, and she kind of you know takes a step back and plants the the base of the polearm in the ground, and she says. Uh, not bad, Miss Slickstrand. I see your mother has taught you well. What about the rest of you? And everyone is quiet. And Lena looks real nervous. I look at her. like. When you look fine. at her, Alan I goes, oh. And like looks directly at Lena. Like gives <laughs> Lena the same. Exactly. Like you're looking at her. So she's looking at her with the same look that you have. So Nainamira and uh, Alan are like looking at Lena and everyone else like gets what's happening but is like doesn't want to get in trouble. Yeah. So now Lena's like, what? What? <laughs> and so uh, the professor is like, well, we're waiting. Lena's like, all right, all right. Shoulder shrugs like, 
Like she's like, yeah, yeah, all right, all right, I got this, I got this. And so the professor, Karaya, backs up a little bit and gives about 15 feet of space, takes a sort of dodged stance. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Lena, like, all right, all right, you know, kind of cracks her knuckles, you know, does a little little head cracking crack in her, crack her neck. She steps forward and... Um, she uh, kind of shakes her arms out, you know, she's like very much gives the impression that she's like overly preparing. Like, yeah. like she's killing time, like she's wasting time, yeah, right? Yeah. Like she's stalling. It's like, all right, all right, just gotta, just gotta shake out of here a little bit. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. And then she uses her foot to like draw a line in the dirt, like, all right, all right, that's my line. Yeah. Puts, her, puts her front leg, like toes to the line, like yeah, yeah. her right foot back. She's like, okay, okay, all right. All right, she's still kind of like, you know, cranking her neck around, right? You know, kind of shaking it out. She goes, she does the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh the fist or the arm cocking motion. Yeah, yeah. Henry Cavill, Mission Impossible. <laughs> like, ch -ch -ch, all right, all right, all right, all right. I got this. And you can see, <laughs> Alan is completely confused. Yeah. Alan is like, what the, and she, <laughs> the fuck are Al you doing? <laughs> yeah, Alan I leans to you and loudly, she, fake whisper. Yeah. You suspect on purpose and Alan is like, what is she doing? Her best? It's clearly not good enough. <laughs> and Lena's like, hey, hey, show some respect. I, I give her a thumbs up, like, woo. All right, all right, all right. Uh, and so she's like, okay, Why fine. Why that set, Layla? <laughs> hey. She, uh, she finally adjusts. She's like ready. She's still. Rubs her hands together. She's like, all right, all right, all right. What am I going to... And you see her like, almost like she's mentally cycling through a list. She's like looking in the distance like, uh-huh, uh-huh, no, 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 that won't work. No, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. well, maybe that one. Mm -hmm. And as she's like going through this, you see the professor like roll her eyes and like leap into the air with the pole arm like out towards uh, Lena. Um, at this moment... It occurs to me that I probably should have clarified that even though the professor is wielding a polearm that has a sharp end on it, bladed end, um, whenever she's putting the polearm near her students, like it's always blunt. End. It's always the blunt end. Mm -hmm. A good DM probably would have said that to begin with, you know. Um, and so she's <laughs> Karaya leaps into the air towards Lena, and you can tell that Lena has not noticed. Mm -hmm. Because Lena's like lost in her like, okay, well, I'm going to do that spell or I can do that spell or maybe that. And so like Karaya's coming down and like Lena finally like looks up and Karaya's about to strike Lena with that blunt end. And Lena reacts and like throws her hand up and it creates this sort of like glowing shield, like a, a kite shield shape, uh, like right in front of her. And uh, Karaya's polearm, the blunt end, comes down and strikes the shield, effectively uh, missing. Yeah. And uh, Cry is able to, like, flip over and land. Superhero landing. Uh, and <laughs> you such a poser. <laughs> and you see Lena, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, total panicked, right? And then... Just going... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Wiley and, Coyote style. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then she, like, takes a, one big deep breath and looks over at you guys and looks behind her and sees the professor having landed. Yeah. 
and then immediately her hands go all over her body, like touching her face and her, her chest <laughs> sure and her stuff to make sure she's all intact. Like, oh, oh, oh. all right, all right, yeah, see, I told you, I told you. <clears throat> and uh, the professor, Cryas, is like, very good, Miss Brandy Took. Please take your spot in line. And she falls back in, kind of like right next to you, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like almost like uh, like a mad dog, like yeah, you see, yeah. I give her a fist bump if she'll take it. I've never done one of these before, but I I feel like she would like this, so I turn it. She 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 kind of like half looks over her shoulder, like, and then like very slyly gives you like a fist bump, like, like down, a down yeah, low. like a down low fist okay, bump, okay, cool. even though. There's no hiding, right? You're in a fucking line in the it's middle. A, it's a download of you, no matter what. She's a fucking athlete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, so the professor comes back over and says, uh, you know, in my class, one of the tactical applications we will be studying is how we can use magic to defend ourselves, not just against other mages, but against other threats that you will encounter once you leave this place and head into the larger world. Uh, it is uh, a dangerous world, to be sure, outside, especially outside of the cities. Once you leave the city limits of a place like Zalesh, you will be put into situations where you may find yourself in a, a life or death scenario where you will have to make choices that will uh, uh, either help or hinder yourself or your allies. And through the use of magic uh, and the techniques I will teach you for concentrating on your spell work and uh, defending yourself in these situations, you will find yourself a more capable mage, uh, not only in these scenarios, but if you were to uh, enter into a duel of any kind, mage duel, um, you will find that the techniques you will you will learn in my course will be uh, will help you uh, through your journey as a young mage. You will have the opportunity to learn such spell work as uh, the spell that Miss Brandy took demonstrated, the shield spell. It creates a force field of sorts uh, to protect yourself from incoming attackers like Brandy Took, uh, Miss Brandy Took did against my polearm attack. Uh, this, this shield spell does help stopping both physical forms of attack and magical attacks, such as the spells from other mages, some spells from other mages. You will have the opportunity to learn spells like a mage's armor spell, which will aid you, again, similarly to the shield, although the shield spell much more reactive, a mage armor's spell much more proactive. It will teach you such things as how to absorb the incoming elements. If a mage were to fire a spell similar to Miss Zlikstrin's spell, a bolt of fire hurling towards you, I will teach you how to react to absorb this fire and re-channel it through your own uh, attacks. You will learn how to manipulate your physical form so that you can jump higher 
run farther and faster and longer, and I will, evil, I will even showcase spells that will allow you to manipulate the ground beneath your very feet, to cause tremors and waves of power that exude from you as the mage. Do I have any questions from anyone? Um, how does Aerith look right now? Aerith appears to be relatively uninterested. Mm. She's, you can tell that she's present. She's not reading a book. She's not really doing anything else. But she is just sort of standing there with her hands clasped together in front of her. Just sort of like nodding at everything that the professor's saying. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. It sounds good, you know. That, that sort of passive acknowledgement, I guess. Um, but she doesn't appear very interested in what this professor is uh, looking to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone else seems like they're, they're paying more attention than this she is. This is like a fun gym class. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't appear very interested. Which sort of aligns, I think, with you know, how she's presented herself, where she's this like, uppity, noble elf that <laughs> this is Rush beneath off the me. Shoulder, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Normally, this is where I separate the group into three uh, groups, three partners. However, one of you will have to partner with me. And she like just like taps the pole arm on the ground. And she she looks and she says, uh, she says, Lena, uh, or Miss Brandy Took, she would say, mm-hmm. you uh, seem to have a relatively good grasp on uh, your defensive magic. And she kind of scans and she says, Miss Windblossom, she is Aerith. Yeah. The Windblossom name is uh, quite a well-known name in the... Uh, the noble elven community. If I understand correctly, your family has trained you well in the uh, evocative arts. And she kind of nods, doesn't really say much, and she says, well, perhaps I shall pair Miss Brandytook and Miss Windblossom together, and uh, they will uh, work together and uh, uh, work on defensive and offensive magic. And so they kind of both nod and walk up as a pair. She looks at the group and she says, uh, I understand you are to be referred to as Chiwi. And you, you see Chiwi like, uh-huh! Like all excited, like, yeah. uh-huh! And Karaya says, ah, yes, Chiwi. What type of magic did you learn with your tribe in South Haven? She says, um, I've learned kind of all kinds of magic. Um, uh, I'm not, I'm not really that good, to be honest. And she says, now, now, Chiwi, there's no need to be modest here. This is a good assessment of the skill set that you possess so that I may pair you accordingly. Um, okay. She says, Chiwi, why don't you demonstrate one of the more powerful spells that you can cast? Chiwi steps up and says, Are you sure? Yes, 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 Chiwi, please demonstrate uh, one of your more powerful spells. Chiwi says, Um, okay, but... It's, it's real bad. 
And Karai says, trust me, Chibi, this is a safe environment. I, I'm sure that anything you'll be able to conjure or evoke will, will not be as powerful as, as, as what I can handle. This is in, what, the yard? The courtyard, yeah. The courtyard. One, one, one of the courtyards, but one of the larger ones. Is there like a school nurse room close? Um, there is one. There is like an infirmary. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's particularly close. It's at least. It's at least a couple thousand feet from where you are. Okay. okay. Yeah. Poor plane. Like, on their like, part. like if you went from where you are here, you'd have to go not only across the whole courtyard but through most of the, of the. Of the uh, building, uh, most of the the main building, um, I'd say rough equivalent. It's about since the the land that you're on is large. It's like several dozen acres of land. The property, yes, um, it's probably at least a half a mile away from where you are to where the infirmary is. It's funny to think of the wizard school infirmary. I think of the the meme that's like, I'm a wizard. There's nothing about uh, magic that I don't already know. And then it's like a wizard with a healing spell. It's like, there's nothing about this I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that touches on a good point that, uh, joking aside, very funny. All, uh, I, that comes, that calls to mind that if you didn't understand French, that was all very funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I almost made an Eddie Izzard joke earlier because you were like, I don't know why they mind that. There's one part where he's doing like a saw motion and he's like, and it's like, sounds like a fucking baboon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You would know, probably one of the things in the pre, you would know in the pre-reading that there is a, the infirmary has uh several clerics on staff. Each each academy has a staff of clerics that is there specifically for... That's nice. You know. Where did they find a cleric to work at the fucking demon school? <laughs> there are uh, clerics that will, will do that sort of thing. For hire. For hire. <laughs> um, well, in much in the same way that the, uh, that the Fighters Guild uh, has... Fighters that work at the various academies for safety reasons. Yeah, Um, that there is a uh, like a uh, I guess like a clerics academy where the clerics would go to learn their magic through the church. Maybe like a church. Yeah, that would make sense. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yes, there are several clerics uh, that work in the infirmary. They could be evil clerics. Not that this school is evil, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) they could be. Yeah, and set set aside all the all the pictures six, of six, fiend six, summoning seven. and six 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 and you know all the the uh, the various devilish imagery. Yeah, this school is definitely not evil. My planet was Juilliard. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, you were asking about the infirmary. Yeah, just how close. I I just wanted to take a mental note of while we're doing these. Um, gotcha. Defense activities. Um, Chiwi steps up and Kariah's like, all right, now, you know, gesturing towards the kind of the back target. She says, uh, Kariah says, all right, Chiwi, let us see what magic you can summon. 
Chewie goes, I'm okay, but I warned you. Chewie steps forward and reaches into like a, one of their, uh, one of the like pockets on their overalls and pulls out something. And it's hard to tell what it is at a distance, mm-hmm. but if you want to make a perception check. Sure. To, to attempt, if I can tell like. Yeah, if you can kind of see, it. yeah. Um, or uh, per- perhaps more relevantly, uh, something like nature or survival, because it's definitely not something that you have to try and see. You can see it. Um, so a good DM would have you roll either nature or survival, um, or arcana, because it's a spell component. Okay, I'll do that. Arcana, spell component. Oh my god, very high. Yeah, I can see. 24. <laughs> it's bat guano. Uh... And uh, Chewie pulls this bat guano out in, in their right hand, and then, like, smears it in the palm their left palm and then does like a yeah uh and then releases it by kind of almost like pushing both hands out and you you see like a mini mushroom cloud explosion in we'll say like a 20 foot radius uh fireball just detonates and the whole back rack just like just annihilated and then some some of the trees and bushes in the back catch fire and there's this like oh my god (laughs) and you can see people coming and running out of the academy like in different areas after this explosion occurs and several of the students in the line are like oh kind of almost like tumble backwards and Kariah doesn't appear to be like doesn't move but like leans like ever so slightly leans back with wide eyes and sees that Shiwi has summoned this powerful fireball yeah and what does nymph do get out of the 20 fucking feet that's for sure <laughs> you're not in the 20 feet um she it though the wall is far enough back and she we targets far enough back doesn't hit any of you but it is like watching like a small mushroom cloud of an explosion in the distance i just kind of like straight lip like press my mouth in and uh, nod. Um, and I go, good job, Chewie. Um, You're really powerful. Thanks. I don't like doing it because it's bad. And people get hurt and I don't like hurting people. Well, I think this was the right time to do it. You think so? I look around at everything. It's probably some residual fire and just like general commotion. <laughs> One of the larger branches like splinters and falls off. Like you, you hear it just crash in the background while it's silent in between. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I think you did a really good job. Thanks, Nymira. <laughs> Can I hug you now? I would take a hug, yeah. Chewie just kind of like Almost like waddles over and like grabs your legs. Does she still have guano? Does, do they still no, have the guano's gone. It's consumed <laughs> by the... Yeah, yeah. Um, Kariah, just sort of like flabbergasted, yeah. turns and is like, All right then. <laughs> well. Uh, very well done, Chiwi. Um. <laughs> and then she turns to the kids and goes, 
which one of you wants to be partnered with Chewie? <laughs> and they all just go. What's so no. funny is I was like, I was before Chewie did anything, I was going to be like, I was going to offer to be like, I can try to show them Firebolt. <laughs> <laughs> Way fucking surpassed that. So, uh, it's clear that none of the other... I, I, I can pair with Chewie. Karaya kind of looks down at you. And you can tell that she makes a face that conveys some sort of like, you're the odd one out, I was going to pair you with me. Yeah. But then... Oh, I could tell and I'm jumping yeah. on opportunity tonight. <laughs> so you, you see her kind of like reach for like the bridge of her nose, you know, kind of hold it there, like, all right, Miss Slickstrin, you and Chiwi can be paired together. And she looks up at the rest of the group and she sees that it's Lena and Brayton and Sid. Right? No, Lena is Lena with, with sorry, Lena's with Aerith and then you're with Chiwi, so there's Brayton, Sid, and Alanae. Uh, and she look, kind of looks over at the three remaining students that have not been paired up yet. Um, and Alan is just like eager, like she looks over at Brayton and Sid who are not like arm in arm, but Sid is standing like right next to Brayton. Mm -hmm. All right, then Miss Fay lost, is it? And she's like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's me. Yep. All right, then. Uh, why don't you, Mr. Biltrum, and why don't you, Mr. Cinderstorm? Sid kind of jumps in and is like, um, oh, sorry. Uh, I, I got that backwards. Um, she says, why don't you, Mr. Brayton, and you, Miss Cinderstorm? And Sid kind of chimes in and is like, um... Mr. Cinderstorm. And she says, Ah, yes. Mr. Cinderstorm, Mr. Biltrum, you two will be partners. Please go easy on each other. And Sid kind of does the red lines bashful thing. And uh, Brayton is like, uh, Yes, uh, uh, go, going easy, uh, since this is our first time. <laughs> Which is not at all how I meant it to sound, but how you just took it is exactly how, in the middle of saying it, I went, oh, that's not how I meant it, oh. <laughs> so they kind of like, they pair up and kind of walk off uh, to another part of the courtyard. I thought you were going to, because that was Brayton saying it. Yeah, Brayton says that to... I feel like he would say that obliviously and Sid would be like... <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Now they're, they're walking off together. Sid's like, mm, mm. Uh, so Alan is just kind of like standing there, and she's like, uh, Karaya was like, "All right, Miss Velos, what, what sort of magical aptitude do you have?" She says, "Oh, um, well, I'm, I'd be happy to show you. Um, why don't you try and hit me as hard as you can?" <laughs> and the professor's like. Like, like actually hit you as hard as I can. She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, run at me and, you know, and, and try to hit me as hard as you can. 
Well, we'll be down to six members soon. Yeah. <laughs> no odd man out. So Kariah like steps back, uh, gives herself about thirty feet or so, and starts full force charging. And you can see Alane. Uh, her book is like attached to her a waist with a chain. She kind of like you know pushes the book aside, and you can see her like do some components. And she uh, puts her hand up over her mouth, and you can see that she's mouthing words, but very very silently. Mm-hmm. And then she like doesn't even she just puts her hands in front of her, like clasps her hands in front of her. And right as Kariah gets like within five feet, like pull arm up, ready to smack her. Alanae disappears. Oh, go girl. And Kariah looks like she tries to stop, but can't. Yeah. And runs through this. Yeah, and runs through the square. Yeah. And Kariah then stops and is like, looks around. And you can see that about 30 feet away, Alanae has stepped mistily (laughs) and just appeared and was like, did I do good? (laughs) And Kariah's like, Well done, Miss Faylost. Well done. Are we watching? Yeah, well, yeah, I imagine as you guys are pairing off, you guys see that happen. I'm going to um, give out like, yeah! <laughs> Kariah looks right at you, like, she like, turns to her side, like, shoots you a look. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, then. I see this is going to be an interesting year we're about to have uh and she kind of tells each of the groups to kind of pair off and take a different area as long and she she puts you guys as like about 50 or 60 feet in between each of your like the two of you here then 60 feet away another two of you Mm -hmm. and um for you guys to practice and you see that alan a and the professor are practicing but you don't see alan a do that misty step thing again um, like maybe she can only do it, you know, once before she has to take a rest of some kind in uh-huh. order to do it again. Um, but you do see that Alane is able to summon a, um, mage armor. Cool. And she's the only one of anyone in the group that has the ability to summon the mage armor. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else... Doesn't appear that they any of them know any spells that would summon armor or a shield or anything like that, but you do see that they are very physically like dodging. Yeah. So they're sort of learning how to dodge the attacks physically. Um, and then the roles switch with especially with Alane and the Professor, where Alane then sort of attacks um, the Professor, and Alane is summoning a like a frostbite or some type of ray of frost of some kind, and you watch as you're saying all the spells like they're fucking copyright. I, I, I know. It. <laughs> it's just funny to me. It is funny. <laughs> so uh, A is sort of attacking the professor with these these you know cold cantrips, yeah. um, and the professor demonstrates the shield spell. The professor demonstrates the absorb element spell, cool. so it takes the sort of frost attack, and then you watch as in response the professor like swings the pole arm, and the pole arm seems to um, create like a gla- like a glacial 
trail of ice, mm. as if the attack would deal cold damage. This uh, is how the Zarzella and spell works. I don't think the mic picked that up. Oh, uh, I was just saying that uh, it was a real cool effect. If you could see it visually. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, so, and then, of course, the other students are kind of trading off. But really, through the first day, a lot of it is physical training and not necessarily spell-based training. Those of you who have spells that could be showcased in that you know thing, the mage armor and the shield, you, you see being cast. Um, and you see the professor demonstrating several other spells. Um, but one thing that you do see at least several times during the, the, the course of the day is the shield spell mm -hmm. has been cast several times. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course you'd see demonstrated, uh, Alan A summons this sort of mage armor and you can see that when Alan A summons their mage armor, you see that it has a very like fairy look to it. Like, uh, it has like flower petals and like. It just has this very like Feywild connected, um, very nature based. Uh, instead of being, uh, she's a ladron. Uh, right? She is a ladron, yes. And her name is Phalos, which you know means that she's sort of like the Jon Snow of the Feywild. Like, in, right. like Jon Snow, Snow is the bastard name yeah. for. Yeah. So Phalos is the bastard name for Fey who don't know who their parents are, or know one of their parents, I guess technically. Um, so, uh, uh, clearly her connection to the Feywild and, and being an Eladrin has given her this sort of more Fey-like uh, uh, imagery to her magic. So instead of the mage armor looking like it depicts these glowing plates of armor, mm -hmm. it actually looks like large flower petals that are overlapping in a sort of armor-esque configuration. Yeah. Um, and hers sort of has like a, almost sort of a helmeted, like, there's a helmet, but it has, like, stag horns on it. You know, so it's like a full kind of armor situation. Um, at the end of the class, as it kind of goes back and forth, or towards the end of the class, I should say, so it's not over yet, um, Zarda comes out into the courtyard and is kind of, like, observing. Mm -hmm. And she, you see Kariah greet Zarda. And Zarda walks over, and she has in her hand... These sort of metal circlets. Mm -hmm. um, and Kariah calls everyone to attention. You guys all kind of group up around her. And Zarda says, uh, This year we're going to be implementing a new ranking system. Something that previous years we have tried, but... <clears throat> I haven't been able to find something as universal and useful as what we are going to uh, implement this year. And she kind of holds up one of the circlets. Mm -hmm. And she says, these are going to be your student... Uh, it's a, a ranking system of sorts. You will wear these while you are in class on, on campus grounds. Um, and if you leave campus, you will be required to wear it. And uh, she hands each of the students one. And uh, you do feel as though they are, they look as though they have been, because they're all different sizes, that they have been specifically fit to each person. Um, head circlets? Yes, head circlets. Um, most likely like a magical, uh, like a magical, 
conjured circlet that is fit to you guys magically. Mm -hmm. And so as you like, kind of put them on, they sort of resize themselves slightly. Mm -hmm. um, and you notice that um, on the front of the circlet, kind of where the middle would be and to the left, there appears to be almost like a small indents. Mm. As if some, like a gemstone could be placed into these indents. And Zarda explains that through your years at the university, you will acquire a small stone that will be placed in your circlet, which will indicate your uh, graduation rank. And so each of you, when you graduate your first year, will have one small stone placed in your circlet. This is an easy way for your professors, while you are on campus, to easily identify your, uh, your rank within the school and allows us to better monitor what areas each of the ranked students are allowed into. There will be areas of the conservatory where you must be of a certain rank to, uh, to visit. Uh, but for now, the, the uh, circlets act as a sort of uh, gift from the conservatory to our new students. And she hands them out, and like I said, they like kind of resize slightly to fit you. Yeah. Is this class my homeroom? Like, do I start? Uh, this is this is not a, like a homeroom situation. This yeah. was just the first class yeah. of the day. Yeah. Because it's a, an outdoor specific class, so they start this tactical application earlier in the day. So if you get your so if you get your ass handed to you, you're kind of. Walking around funny all day. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Is it like um, a college where you have like maybe Monday, Wednesday classes with this teacher? Yep. Tuesday, Thursday. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> After uh, your tactical application and being uh, gifted these circlets, uh, you uh, have a small break in which you can kind of do what you want as long as you stay with on the, within the grounds. Yeah. Um, and so you get about a two-hour break where you can, obviously you're expected to use that to eat at some point. Um, there is a uh, commissary where you can, where, where food is provided for you. Um, and you can study, relax, whatever it is you want to do with that time. Um, your group appears pretty physically exhausted from training in the tactical application. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so they kind of collectively all want to go back to the dorm and like relax. Was that class just my room or was it like all the year Yes, ones? it was just your room. Okay, okay. Um, so the group wants to go back to the room and kind of relax. So yeah. What would Nim like to do? You are obviously not required to do what the group does. You can explore the grounds. You can find Diz. You can... You can <laughs> he kinda, found me. Yeah, that's true. What, what would Nymira like to do? Um, I would like to... How much time I got? Two hours. Two hours. And you do know that the next course you're going to be uh, going to is the philosophy of magic. So it's a sit in a room and study... Is there an open access library? There is. I would like to go there. Okay. 
in fact, the library here, the main library is large. Think of like uh, the Library of Congress where it's multi-floors and there's sort of a central open, goes all the way up, sort of ringed library. Very cool. I asked Aerith if she'd like to come with me. Uh, she, she goes, well, I don't, I don't like to turn down an offer for, you know, furthering an academic. Yes, I would love to join you. Great. And she kind of like squints and adjusts her glasses a little bit. Not sure what you're playing at, Zlickstrin. I'm not playing. I, I thought it'd be nice to go to the library together. Lead the way. <laughs> Look, I you can be you versus me, but I'm not going to be me versus you. Something someone might say who isn't particularly confident in their abilities. <laughs> oh, let's, let's put a pin in that. Let's go. Right. She kind of <laughs> trots off all... <laughs> Holier than that. Great. Uh, when you arrive, um, <laughs> Aerith is like, I already foresee there being a problem with these circlets. And she like looks up at the big pointy like wizard's hat that she's wearing. She's like, suppose I could not wear the hat. I wonder if they would let you wear it around the hat. She, gets, she like squints her eyes and adjusts her glasses at you. Like through the, you know what, Forgot, forget I said anything. She reaches the circlet up and the hat like stands up on its own uh -huh. so it's fully pointy. And she like, whoop, and like puts it over and like slides it down. And you watch as the ring like resizes. Perfect fit. Perfect fit right over okay. her hat. She's like. It looks great. I'm jealous. Kind of like walks past you. <laughs> and you guys get to the library. Uh, and you see that standing outside of the library uh, is your... Uh, there are two professors that are standing outside the library that you recognize who are going to be your professors. Um, the first one is uh, Professor Beckett. Uh, picture for you. Uh, he is the Fundamentals of Spell Transcription professor. Oh, he introduced himself, right? Yes, you, yeah. you met him before. Um, and he's dressed very similarly yeah. uh, as the photo. Uh, and the uh, formula analysis professor, Dr. Ferabellum. They're standing outside. <clears throat> Are they gay lovers? As gay as this uh, campaign will probably turn out to be, uh, no, they do not appear to be. Uh, at least they are not interacting with each other as if they were gayly. Gay yeah. <laughs> um, um, but you do see that they are kind of both like Professor Beckett has like his his arms kind of crossed like yeah. this, um, and uh, Doctor Farabellum has his hands behind his back like <laughs> a chin up, and they uh, they appear to be in a sort of disagreement. They're kind of standing outside of the in the hallway outside the library. A lover's quarrel. Uh, <laughs> Are you shipping these professors already? Is that what's <laughs> I happening? I think so. I saw what they look like. I'm pretty dead set. Um, and so you, you see them sort of at a distance. The 
the entrance to the library, the main entrance, is there's a, a hallway that's outside of that. It's sort of like an exterior corridor with pillars along okay. the left side that open to the to a courtyard. And on the right side is the building. Uh-huh. So they're standing sort of outside of it, about 10 feet away from the door, towards the pillars. And they appear to be in a sort of disagreement. Uh, but they're speaking very softly. And uh, if you would like to try and eavesdrop as oh, you yeah. get closer, then make a perception check. I'm going to talk on Aerith's rope. You said there's pillars? Yes. Can we be like... Ooh. Can I kind of grab like, Aerith and tug? And pull her behind to... a pillar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Why don't you make a stealth roll for me? Okay. I'm, I'm going to make like a sound as I like try to pull her. Okay. Um, ten total. Okay. So you like grab her and she is, you know, you pull her behind one of the pillars and she looks at you like, you know, squinty eyed, adjusts her glasses. Like, <laughs> no, I point at uh, the two professors. So the pillar you've pulled her behind, right? She, her right side is to this pillar and down the right side is where they are. She very obviously like leans back out of the pillar and like looks to her right. The big floppy hat is like now leaning out. And she leans slowly back and she's like, what of it, Slickstrom? <laughs> I was just trying to see what they were arguing about. She like leans her long pointy elf ear kind of in that direction. And, uh, Why, you think you got better service than me? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you make a perception check? Sure. <laughs> 17. So, as you guys, she leans over and, and you start kind of trying to listen to what they're arguing about. Um, mm-hmm. You hear that uh, the thing that they're arguing about is uh, Dr. Farabellum. Uh, is he's rather old. Um, he is uh, old by human standards. Mm. Dr. Farabellum, though he does look relatively young, he does have kind of whitish hair, and you know that he has, when he introduced himself, he told you he has several degrees um, from non-mage universities. Uh-huh. Um, he looks like he's probably at least in his 50s, mm-hmm. Um, although given that he is a mage, he could be older than that. He could be in his sixties. It's, it's kind of like about a decade plus or minus that you could, you know, but Beckett specifically looks like he's in his like early to mid twenties. Mm-hmm. He looks very young and their disagreement is Farabellum's leaning in and saying, you know, I don't know who you think you are, but this university doesn't tolerate hacks. I know Professor Beckett, if that really is your real name. You cannot possibly have the experience that you claim to have and be so young. It took me several decades to earn my degrees, etc., etc., etc. And Beckett sort of uh, uh, replies, uh, and he's like, now, now, Dr. Farabella, <laughs> I, I understand your concern, not wanting to have uh, fraudulent professors on, on staff, but I assure you that even though I have the face of what might one describe as a cherub, 
Uh, I am, in fact, quite experienced in my area of expertise. Uh, why don't you come by one of my classes and I will show you just how much experience I have. Which, now that I've said that out loud, definitely feeds into your whole, like, they're gay lovers thing. Um, uh, and this doesn't... Slow burn. Slow burn. <laughs> this doesn't seem to... Sorry. <clears throat> this doesn't seem to really phase the doctor. He's, he's just quietly contemplating what was just said. And he sort of, in response, says... Um, you can continue on with your ruse, but I will see to your removal from this academic institution if I find so much as a hint that you are not who you say you are. Aerith is leaning over the pillar? To not, not anymore. She's behind the pillar now, so she can't be seen, but she's leaning toward the pillar. Gotcha. Did, did that make sense? Okay. Yeah. What's up? I was gonna do something, but no, it's go not ahead. applicable. No, no, it doesn't work. If if she's leaning over, um, I'm probably like Scooby Dooby, like kind of leaned over more so to kind of look. Okay. And I think this is where I would fall down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're kind of leaning over, and then you like you want to like fall out, and your presence be kind of known that you're there as you fall out onto the ground. Yeah. <laughs> So as you fall, uh, Aerith, <laughs> Aerith loses balance as you're falling, and like she reaches out to try and grab you to keep you from falling, but then you like pull her down with you, so you both fall out onto the ground. Like you fall on your back, and Aerith topples right on top of you. So now you're face to face. She's like on top of you, looking down at you. And then Aerith looks up over towards the professors. What does Nim do? I go, um, oh god, I don't want to push her off. Um, I, I don't say this genuinely. I say it, like, as an act of being like, hey, get off me. You pushed me. Do you actually push her off of you? Or do no, you just say that? I just say that. Okay. Uh, so Aerith is like looking at the professors, you say what you said, and Aerith looks down at you and is like, I see the game you're playing at, Zlickstrin. You pulled me down onto the floor. And the professors like take note and start walking over towards you, but she doesn't get up. She's like on top of you, like arguing with you at like to your face. <laughs> I get uncomfortable and kind of wiggly. Uh, you can see her being like, what? where do you think you're going? We're going to talk about this. We're going to figure this out because you were the one. As she's like arguing and you're wiggling, the professors get to you and you watch Farabellum like flick his wrist and a giant like telekinetic hand comes up and grabs Aerith yeah. and pulls Aerith up and like uh -huh. plants her on the, on the, like on her feet yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as that happens, like Beckett leans down to you and is like, Ms. Lickstrain, are you all right? I'm fine. We it was just a little roughhousing. Um, he offers his hand to you to like help you up. I take it. He he pulls you up, and <laughs> Farabellum looks at Beckett like you didn't use your mage hand or <laughs> like you used you pulled her up off the ground yourself like <laughs> you didn't use magic. <laughs> just all conveyed in this like look of like kind of disgust. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, Beckett says, uh, Doctor, I believe you said you had business to attend to. And he like looks, shoots a look at Beckett, shoots a look, he looks you know, a look at you. And then he like releases the hand and Aerith is standing there and he turns and walks back kind of from where they came. Uh-huh. And Beckett looks at you and says, uh, is there a disagreement that I should be aware of between you two ladies? What face does Aerith have on her right now? Aerith has like a big smile plastered over his face like, no, no, <laughs> Professor Beckett. Everything is all right. Like she said, everything's fine. We were just, um, like I said, we were roughhousing a little bit. We were rehearsing for a, a play. <laughs> you see she kind of panic, just spouts out. Is the Wiz in production this year? It is in production most years. <laughs> Becca goes, oh, well, you know, they are going to be putting on a play in, in, uh, what's the right word, in Congress with, uh, in, in, the Bardic College is going to be doing a play. Oh. The, the academies always pair up with the Bards and put on quite a show. So if you guys are rehearsing, you could consider uh, auditioning for the show this year. Um, we will, we will think about it. Would you like that, Aerith? She goes, lovely. <laughs> it would be just lovely. Bless your heart. <laughs> yeah, bless your heart. <laughs> um, anyways, we were going to the library. Ah, uh, getting a jump start on classes today. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, your group is going to be with uh, Professor Dario not long after your break. Mm-hmm. You will receive a second break, of course. And then to end your day, you will be studying with me and Professor Provenzano. Together, we will be teaching our class sort of in tandem. So I look forward to seeing both you young ladies there. I give a shy little smile and say, Okay, thank you. Thank you again for the help. Kind of nods and walks like opposite of where Farrell went. And, uh, library? Yeah. To Aerith, I'm like, What happened? Why'd you fall down to? <laughs> when, when he gets, like, you yeah, say that, yeah, and like yeah. she, like, looks and makes sure there's no one around, she goes, you lost balance, I, and I saw you falling. I wasn't going to let you fall. You were trying to help me? And as soon as you say that, she like has an immediate look of regret, like, <laughs> I see the game you're playing is extreme. <laughs> that was really nice. Now I'm kind of playing with her back when I say this. Perhaps we should get to the library. Yes, I think we should. She like breathes a very audible sigh of relief and just walks past you towards the door. Cute. Uh, is there anything in particular you were looking for in the No! Library? Um, I... <laughs> to the gods. Oh. No! <laughs> um, not really. I, I kind of just think Nim would want to, like, see a big old library. Gotcha. Um... It's a big one. Like I said, a Library of Congress where it's like a tall circular kind of 
uh, building. Yeah. Or cylindrical, I guess. Uh, and the, I mean, it's just like, almost looks like it's never ending. Do they have any fiction books? Uh, are you going to try to search for it or are you going to ask one of the librarians? I'm going to poke around to try to find it. Okay. I want to like look. Why don't you make an investigation check? Sure. I'm good at that. Um, 18. Um, you suss out pretty quickly that there is a fiction section. Uh-huh. It is... I love fiction books. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Um, there is a fiction section, and it, it's relatively small compared to what, what the rest of the library. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you, if you, well, you find the fiction section, you find that it's essentially one aisle, both sides of like this bookshelf and this bookshelf, but just this one aisle. Um, and you find it, and you find one pretty distinct... Uh, characteristic about the fiction section is as you're like kind of poking through books like taking a look and stuff you find that every book you pull out to look at or every book that you scan the spine of appears to be written by the same person oh the author of every book that you quickly scan with your 18 in the fiction in the fiction section is written by Sir Kellen of Middleton okay and how much how much time would you like to spend looking through the fiction section um what's the policy here is it like a rent out uh generally speaking you can take whatever books you want back within reason obviously if you're trying to take a stack of like 20 books they're going to be like what do you need 20 books for <laughs> but if you want to take a stack of like four or five of them at a time you know there's no real like check yeah there's no real check out although there is a section on spell theory which is a probably the same thing as like reference section like encyclopedia yeah. something like that that you can't take out of the library yeah um, but for the most part, most of the other books, like I'd say 80% of the library, you can take whatever books you want within reason. Is there reason. any section that's higher rank only? Uh, certain sections of the uh, spell theory mm. slash encyclopedic section are for higher cool. uh, students, uh, ranked higher. Um, is there like a back of the book uh, about the author? There is. Are you looking on the fiction books? You're looking for like Sir Kellen? Of Sir Kellen of Middleton. So there is a section about Sir Kellen of Middleton, and it's the same section on every book that you look at. Uh huh. And there's no portrait of him, Mm -hmm. uh, but there is a portrait of a, 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 effectively, a, a very nice drawing of a lute. Um,. And this lute has what looks like dandelions carved across, like, the the face of the... I don't know what that's called. Yeah. All the music The body. People. The body, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Near where the strings are, the yeah. body. Um, there's, like, dandelions carved. And then along the fret, instead of, like, the little just dots on the fret, like, it's dot, dot, two dots, dot, dot. Man, Alex is going to listen to this and he's going to kill me. Um, <laughs> he's taught me all these terms so many times. Um, each little dot, instead of a, just a dot, it's like a dandelion. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's 
and the tuning things <laughs> yeah. are little dandelions, like little uh, dandelion shaped like flowers. Yeah. Um, and so it's a very like dandelion shaped, dandelion theme. Yes. Um, so that's sort of on there in place of a portrait of him. Uh-huh. And it is a very small, only a few sentence blurb about the, you know, like about the author. About the equivalent of looking at like a book sleeve and looking at just this thin, thin part. Um, and the, the quick blurb about him is um, Sir Kellen of Middleton uh, uh, knighted by uh, his mentor Sir Eadric the Pure. Um, uh, world-renowned bard, storyteller, actor, writer, musician, director, producer. <laughs> this is a short blurb. On yes, the... yes. Uh, but it it other than listing off like about a dozen different professions, things like that. Um, historian is actually also one of them. Um, one sentence at the end is, uh, you know, Kellen, in his life, loved to write historical fiction. Uh, and it sort of describes the idea that all of his fiction books are just slightly exaggerated versions of things that actually have happened in the past. The problem with that is that several of the books that you have looked at so far are like these crazy tales about like a knight who's slain a hundred dragons and like so if if that is true in this blurb it's like heavily exaggerated Mm -hmm. at least it seems that that's that's kind of what he's going for yeah um but one distinct thing about it is that there's not really any information about kellen specifically like it tells you know he was knighted he's this 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 but there's not really like there's no indication of like background background or uh this would be a weird thing to put in a blur but like you don't really know what race he is yeah. right there's there's no indication of really who he actually For, like, was like which human humanoidal race right yeah yeah um so there's no real indication about like who the man really is. And typically, like, in an author blurb, there's, like, a portrait of the, the author, and there's, like, a background of, like, I don't know, where he went to school or what other books he's written. Um, probably that's not there because he's written all these other books. Mm-hmm. At least at face value. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, I grab there is a series of books. Did you want to grab, like, the three-part series? What's the series on? Uh, it's called The Frisky Lizard Folk Wench. Is this a romance? It is a romance. <sighs> I'll grab... I was kind of wondering if there's any, like, go to hell... Fiend, demon fighting, kind of. This feels like the place to read about a fiction anything like that. Uh, there certainly are books like that. You find uh, one particular book of fiction that uh, obviously penned by Sir Kellen that follows the story of a mage, specifically a conjuration mage, mm. who has gone to hell 
and to learn the the mystical art of Hellas. Uh, yes, thank you for correcting me on my own lore. Uh, <laughs> has gone to Hellas, uh, where they have gone specifically to the Nine Rings uh, to learn directly from the source, the fiendish source, uh, magic uh, about fiends, how to summon them, how to trap them. Um, and this particular book follows the tale of a mage known as the Mystical Mephistopheles. Interesting. Does that ring any bells for me? It does. It bears a striking resemblance to something from Nim's past. Let's see if Nim will make the connection. Why don't you make a history check? Show, show. Um, pretty good. We are sitting at... Oh, very good. 21. I, uh, I believe Nim would recall that from Nim's past, uh, from what I know of Nim's past, Nim attended a magic show when she was very young. Mm -hmm. Um, the magic show of... Do you remember? The magical master Mephistopheles... Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Which was a tabaxi, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes, a, a, a tabaxi, uh, a cat person. <laughs> um, you know, no copyright infringement here. Um, and so, obviously, the name's very similar. You have the magical master Mephistopheles, this brilliant tabaxi magician whose shows only come around every so often, every few years. Mm -hmm. Um and this book about the mystical Mephistopheles, uh, a mage who, as you peruse, you find is a tabaxi, yeah. who has gone to the depths of Hellas to learn fiendish magic. I go, I take a mental note of, what a weird coincidence. <laughs> what a crazy random happenstance. <laughs> I assume this is one of the books you'd like to take? Yeah, I'll take that one. Um, Did you want to take the uh, I'll take Frisky Lizard Folk Wench? I'll take the first book of Frisky Wench. Oh, you know what I just realized? You don't... Have you played Skyrim? Do you play Skyrim? I've played some Skyrim, yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if, you're, if you've got the Skyrim reference. Oh, there. no, 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 no. Oh. Uh, well, now that I've said it, I have to say it out loud. There's a book like in-universe Skyrim books... Yeah. There's a book in the world of Elder Scrolls, or Skyrim in this case, called The Lusty Argonian Maiden. Um, Argonians are like the lizard folk, so yeah, yeah. it's like the, the frisky lizard folk wench. Nice. Mm. No, it's terrible. It's a terrible... <laughs> <laughs> um, so you take that, you take the mystical Mephistopheles. Um, and I want a good old-fashioned dragon slaying book. You know, there is a book that you find that, is, that follows the exploits of a character named Sir Henrik. And uh, he has, uh, uh, well, you probably know very little, N Nim probably knows very little about the history of this, this historical fiction character, but uh, the cover seems to indicate, the back cover seems to indicate that the story does have dragon slaying in it, uh -huh. along with some more traditional, like, knightly slash paladin-y uh, displays of heroism and chivalry and 
So I assume that's sure of interest. Of Sir Henrik. Sir Henrik. Um, was there anything else you were looking for in the library? I've been so spy-y here mm -hmm. um, so far. I want to see what Aerith is up to when nobody's watching her. Um, be Aerith. Okay. Why don't you make me a stealth roll? I will give you advantage because Aerith is distracted. Mm -hmm. So you are more likely to succeed. You have good odds. Twelve. Okay. Uh, as you kind of, you're slinking through the library, you're looking for your fiction books, and you make the decision to go kind of check up on Aerith. Um, you catch her in a sort of well, I was about to say corner. There's not really any corners in a round building. But you catch her sort of in the back, like opposite of the front door that leads into the library. The back tends to be the opposite of the front, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you catch her uh, hiding away in an aisle, kind of mm -hmm. sitting up against one of the, the bookshelves. Uh, and she has a book out that she's reading, and uh, as you kind of kind of creep around, kind of a, like a far around the bookshelf to kind of see, find her, you see her kind of at the end of the aisle from where you are, mm -hmm. and she's like sitting up against it. Her knees are like up, like almost against her chest. And she has a book like on her knees, and she looks like she is just enraptured by this book. Can I tell what it is? You'd probably have to get closer. Um, I do, not trying to be sneaky. Okay. As if I just, like, found her. As you get probably within about five feet of where she is, she doesn't even acknowledge that you're there. Like, you get almost right next to her, and she's just so enveloped. She's so, like, single-mindedly, like, in this book. Uh, she doesn't notice you like walk basically right up next to her and you recognize the book instantly. It's a book about the Selixtrin family. Oh. It, it seems to be a book that has been written not so much like fiction, more informational, it, almost like... Um, not a full biography of any particular member, but it's a book that covers the Zlikstrin family history and their sort of rise to being ink barons and baronesses. <laughs> yeah. um, Magic ink. Yes. The book itself talks about the Zendel Vexel Braxton name mm -hmm. and how today it has come to be known as the Zlikstrin family. Um, and their prominence within the community of magic. Um, you like within like you see it and you're like, wait a second, <laughs> you know that book? Uh, what you got there? She says, <laughs> as if she does not recognize you. She says, just reading up on the the Zlikstrin family. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> 
I'm just reading up on the Zlikstrin family. Very interesting. Quite taken with. And she slowly looks up at you. And she like slams the book closed. Taken with the idea that this Zlikstrin thinks she's better than me. I see the game you're playing, Zlikstrin. Um, find anything interesting in there? I don't know if I've ever read that before. I just hear stuff from my my family. <laughs> like, tosses it aside. Like, I don't know what you're referring to. Um, my dad, my father, um, has a weakness. I don't know if it's in the book, but he does have a weakness for sweet treats. Um, he's, he's said many times, so I, I might, I, I think I also have that weakness. If you're looking for weaknesses that the Zlikstrin family might, might have. She like s struggles to get up as quickly as she can. Like. <laughs> Dusts, dusts herself off. Well, uh, I am dumbfounded. And I am at a loss for words. And if you ever tell anyone, no one will ever believe you. <laughs> Did you want to check that book out? You seem... What book? And she like takes her foot with, without trying not to move, yeah. she takes just her foot to try and push it slowly, like back far enough that she can't see it. She's, I don't know what you're referring to. Oh, I want to play chance so bad. <sighs> I kind of nod, like, okay, you can be this way. Um, okay. What business is it of yours, what I'm reading, Zlickstrid? <laughs> Look, if you ever have any questions for me... Why would I? Uh, okay. Well, the fiction section is pretty cool. I found a couple of cool books. Um, are you about done here? Do you want me to show you that? Fiction. It looks like you kind of prefer maybe non-fiction stuff. Um, so we can we can look around for anything. It's kind of like her eyes kind of wander, like she's like looking for something to say. She's still like a hand in the cookie jar, like mm -hmm. hmm, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <clears throat> you like fiction? She's kind of like almost like questioningly. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if they would have a section for... Well, I like fiction. Uh, me too. I haven't met anybody that likes fiction books before. Then I suppose you should take me to the fiction section. <clears throat> she is... Looking away dramatically, like, <laughs> don't mind me. <laughs> I mean, if you want to. Well. You don't have to. I, I was going to take a second look just in case, so um, I'll walk that way. And if 
you happen to follow, I walk. And you walk away, she's like, well, I, I wouldn't be following you. It just happened to meander over to the same part of the... And she, like, notices that you're already walking away. She's like... <laughs> and she scrambles to pick up the book and, like, shove it in her... The Zlickstrid book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, like, shoves it, so it like, in her, uh, 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 the, like, satchel that she has. She, like, shoves it in there, like... I want to... <clears throat> looks around like nobody catches her doing that. <laughs> when you get back over to the fiction section, you find that Aerith is meandering about the fiction section with her hands behind her back, like, mm, yeah, looking as though the fiction section is completely uninteresting. Yeah. Right? Just, like, looking at everything else but the fiction section. But she's, like, wandering, like kind of near where you are and then like down the same aisle and she like looks like she like fake bumps into you like oh uh, uh, so this is uh fiction is it <laughs> um it looks like they're mostly written by the same person huh yes it looks like uh a sir kellen of middleton Look, they have all... And I start pointing out different books that I looked at and just barely passed on. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Do any of them catch your eye? Well, you know... <laughs> <laughs> if... You know, hypothetically, if you were to, to pick one to recommend... Would, um, I haven't read any of them, so it's a little difficult to recommend, but let me look. Can I look for a book for her? What kind of book would you like to find? Oh, boy. For Aerith. Um, if there's a book... <laughs> if there's a book about... Some, like, mage's journey to find themselves, some sort of, like, tale, some sort of, like, mythic, like, sing like, some, like, mage monomyth kind of mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. if, if there's a book like that, that I could maybe, maybe help her find herself in the way a character in this book has found themselves. Ah, Okay. Well, it's certainly something that you could find, some type of uh, myth, uh, some type of solo solo adventure, <laughs> uh, you know, what one might say, uh, what did, how did you phrase it, a, a mono? mage monomyth. A mage monomyth, yes, yeah, so some type of mage or mage's monomyth. Not mage monomyth, sounds mage better, monomyth. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you certainly find one. Um, and this one in particular has a very interesting um, uh, B-plot. Yeah. Uh, because not only is this mage uh, finding themselves through this adventure, this journey, yeah. this mythic quest, um, this sort of B-plot is that they have this sort of like frenemy, um, sort of sees themselves as a sort of rival to this. Right. Um, and there's this sort of really well-crafted, almost sappy, like, Friends to enemies. B plot. Enemies to friend. 
Oh, it's, that's what I meant. Yeah, Enemies yeah, to yeah. friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, so that does that sound like it might be something? That sounds like a ringer. That Nim would uh, would recommend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you find something like that. Um, I. Did I not see the Zlikstrin pocketing? Book, uh, book pocketing. Let. How about you make? What's your What's your passive perception? My PP is twelve. Damn, that's a big PP. <laughs> it's not that big. It's about um, average for a... You would, you would have seen her kind of like... Okay. Yeah, you would have caught it. She was she um, was trying to be stealthy, but she definitely did not succeed. Is there a title for this book? Uh, I, I imagine that the title of this book would be uh, a very, very uniquely named, very creatively named The Mage's Monomyth. Uh, uh. Um. Or sorry, mage monomyth because it's it has a better ring to it. Um, I grab it and I say to Aerith, um, if you want to check out, you know, a second book. She squints her eyes and adjusts her glasses at you. I mean, maybe. <laughs> she like grabs it from you. We'll see. I have research to get to. Uh, Slickstrin. And she like storms off, leaving you in the fiction section. <laughs> she gets to the end of the aisle and she looks back at you and she says, I'm watching you, Slickstrin. She adjusts her glasses. Kind of like eyes dart back and forth. Like I feel like being a little snarky. I'm going to give her the... Two, uh, two fingers pointed at my eyes, and then the two fingers pointed at her eyes, all squinty <laughs> She gets all, like, huffy, and she just, like, turns and walks away. <laughs> Adjusting her glasses. Uh, that'll do me in the library. The next series of classes, there's two other classes for you to attend today. Um, and then... Uh, several classes for you to attend throughout the day tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But the classes that you attend, as far as coursework goes, obviously your philosophy of magic is the next class for you to attend. Um, and uh, Professor Dario, which be a picture for you, is the half half drow, half elf, full sexy, uh, <laughs> full sexy, um, ashen skin, black eyes, white hair. Yeah. Um, uh, she is very cheery, upbeat, you know, joyous, optimistic. She's there, like, oh yes, uh, hello, welcome to Philosophy of Magic. Yeah, I'm Professor Dario. Um, she, uh, her, her course to in this particular this day is more of like just introducing you to the concepts that you're going to be studying. Um, a uh, talking about what materials you're going to need for the course. Mm -hmm. um, there, it's it's a relatively short day for this course. You're only in there for maybe 30 minutes or so while she goes over the coursework. Um, she talks about uh, part of the logical method of thinking, mm -hmm. applications of practical problems of spell use, um, which uh, explores things like metaphysics, theory, theory of knowledge, uh, ethics, 
an ethical magic use. Um, but one of the things that she uses to teach a lot of these things is divination magic. Uh -huh. She focuses very specifically on things like detecting types of magic, um, identifying spells, uh, and being able to comprehend the different languages that spells are written in um, so that you sort of have a full overview of both the uh, logical methods of thinking and the ethics behind magic. Um, What's... There's like a commercial that's like... There's a something for that. There's a mm for that. There's an app for that? There's an app for that? What is that? From? I don't remember. I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember what it's for. I'm thinking that as you're doing class descriptions of like, there's a spell for that. <laughs> yeah. There would be some person be like, there's a spell for that. Um, and so she, they, uh, Dario goes over, uh, materials that you're need that you'll need, obviously some standard mage stuff like parchment, quill, ink. Mm -hmm. Um, but she, when she talks about what you'll need for the class, she says, a brimming sense of optimism and open mind are two of the things that she says are required when you come to class. Is this the uh, mainly seminar class? Yes. Attendance is really important. Yes. Um, no homework? No homework for Dario, yes. Got it. Yeah, everything for this class is done in class. And you can, you can get a sense from this class that you will be, there will be some spell coursework for you to do in terms of like, learning spells from Dario in class. Um, but there will also be a good portion of um, trying to tackle the ethics behind your spell use. Mm -hmm. Not just with the spells that she's teaching you um, or that she offers to teach you, but spell work in general. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when is it an ethical use of spell? Um, one of the examples she uses is charm person. Yeah. She, yeah, talks yeah, about, yeah, yeah. she talks about like what the ethical use of a spell that can... Uh, touch someone's mind is mm -hmm. and and are there ethical uses of it mm -hmm. uh, and she sort of just gives you sort of an overlay uh, an overview that uh, it looks like exactly that what what you will learn over the course of the year and and how to think about these spells yeah um, she does give their give an opportunity for uh, questions uh, to the your student group it is just you guys in this in this meeting but she does tell you that there will most likely be times where she overlaps other study groups together. Yeah. Usually two study groups to in, in one kind of seminar. Um, but for the most part, you will be just as a group together. Mm -hmm. um, and opens it up for any questions to anyone. Of course, I go to you, the player, first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm thinking some questions, but I don't know if Nim would say them. Um... Lena's hand goes up right away, by the way. Mm. So I don't know if, if Nim would want to wait to see what Lena's question yeah, is. Yeah, let's wait on Lena. <clears throat> so Lena says, when someone has something that you want. <laughs> and Dario goes, excuse me? <laughs> she goes, the charm person. You know, an ethical application of when you can use the charm person. is When someone's got something that you want. And, and you want it. And you want them to give it to you. And Dario's like, well, that certainly is an application of the spell, yes. Is it ethical? And Lena goes, well, I mean, it ain't unethical. Dario's like, a very interesting way to view that, yes. Um, 
someone has something that you want and you want to try and make them give it to you if they would not otherwise do so without your spell? Well, I mean, if I want it, doesn't that mean that I should have it more more so? Like, if I want it more than they do, right, shouldn't it be mine? Uh, and there's a moment where maybe the group thinks, like, Lena's being serious. But then even Dario figures out Lena's just messing mm -hmm. around, you know? Mm -hmm. So Lena's like, ah! <laughs> What's your name? Uh, Dario, Professor Dario. Um, Professor Dario, I have one question. Ah, yes, Miss Slickstrand. I look forward to hearing what you what you inquire about. She gets all excited, like happily. In the hall, there's depictions of like summoning fiends and things. Um, she's she's. Nodding and smiling, like, like, yeah, like she's, yeah. Um, if this is an ethics class, where does stuff like that fall on the line? A couple of the other students in your group are like wide eyed, like, oh, like you can get the sense they had never even stopped to think about that sort of thing. Um, also, good to point out, Chiwi, during this, like, ethics, like, this part, is, like, picking at their, uh, claw, their, uh, like... They're kind of tapped out for this. Uh, yeah, this they, they, you see Chiwi kind of, like, uh, 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 using their claw to, like, pick at their toenails, but their toenails are also, like, talony claws, so they're... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Got a little hargy there for a second. <laughs> Just very clear that Chiwi is out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a couple of the other kids are like, oh, oh shit. Like, oh. And they're kind of eager to hear what Dario has to say. Uh, and Dario kind of leans forward on the like podium and she says, Well, Miss Lickstrin, uh, there are ethical uh, questions regarding the ethics of summoning such creatures. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is that infernal law imposes a sort of requirement, uh, is, uh, what, what, what we might call legally binding of these fiends. I'm not sure if you're aware, but, um, did you know, class, that, uh, fiends, specifically devils, are required by infernal law to speak only truths. It is impossible for a fiend, a devil, to tell a lie. Now, there's ways of skirting this by avoiding answering questions directly and being evasive with the types of responses they give, but devils cannot speak a deliberate lie. The lawful nature of devils, bound to this lawful some might say evilly lawful uh, nature, this law, uh, it compels them to be honest. So, ethically, while it may be questionable to bring such an inherently evil creature to this realm, I would say that 
given the requirement that they are bound by this law, if a mage is powerful enough to trap them, encircle them in magic, you might say, uh, a mage could, in theory, compel them to be bound to their service. And uh, that raises a whole series of questions about whether it is ethical to compel a creature into servitude, but balanced out by the fact that they are evil creatures and it is against their nature, uh, is it ethical? Uh, that brings up a whole series of questions about whether it's moral. Uh, there's a whole... It, what an interesting question for you to ask on the first day, Miss Lickstrand. Um, I would say that let us together, you and I and your fellow students, spend the year exploring such questions. You get the sense that even though she kind of started to try and answer, it started trailing off. Like she doesn't have a solid answer about that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and she kind of glosses over it like, oh, well, now, oh, if there are no more questions... Like, just darts through that and is like, well, I should dismiss you all so that you can all head to your next classes, which two of your teachers are going to be teaching in tandem during the same hour. Uh, you will be studying spell transcription under your Professor Beckett, and you'll be studying penmanship under Professor Provenzano. And, well, our coursework should, well, will normally take, a little, take more of the time of your day, there will be times where the schedule fluctuates, and of course our coursework will go longer. Um, but not to bore you with any details. This is your first day, and second day. Uh, first day of coursework, second day. I really appreciate what you've contributed to the conversation today, Miss Lickstrand, and I look forward to the many, many questions that you will ask throughout our year. And she, before giving it, like, doesn't give anyone the opportunity to really speak yeah. anything else to her she dismisses you all but before you can get up and leave she grabs all her things and she leaves leaving the seven of you in her like classroom the seminar classroom uh-huh. and she was still picking up talons and everyone's kind of like and Alan goes wow that was like you really got her I guess so. I didn't think... I thought that was a fair question. I, I mean, I, I think it is. I guess I should have saved it for the second day. This is the... Alan, goes, this is the second day. Second oh, class. second day of class. Yeah, that makes more sense now that I think about it. Anyway, should we go to our next class? She, she stands up, like, eager to, like, leave to go to the next class. Yeah. We go! Yay! <laughs> you do so! Uh, you are taken to a classroom where uh, when you enter, you actually find Professor Beckett is there. You find uh, Professor Provenzano, as you were told. But you also see, sort of huddled, sort of in a four-way conversation, Professor Vendra, who is your spell theory uh, professor, who looks like this. This is the green-haired uh, elf mm -hmm. uh, from before. And you do also see Professor Farabellum, which is the kind of older gentleman. Yeah. Dr. Farabellum, I should say. Uh, and you see the four of them uh, all present. 
um, kind of discussing uh, a whispered discussion at the front of the class. And you see that there is another student group in the classroom. Mm. Uh, there appears to be one figure of this student group that has a very regal presence. He, he gives the impression that he's the leader of the study group, right? Yeah. Um, uh, sort of like a uh, very blonde-haired, snaky, yeah, hair slick slicked back. back, blonde, yeah. Um, uh, I will provide you a picture. It's not, the photo I found is not fully accurate, but the one thing that is accurate is the hair color, the outfit's relatively accurate, and the owl on his shoulder is accurate. Oh, cool. And sitting around him is a dark-haired woman who has a hood up. Um, uh, picture provided. Uh, dark hair, fair skin. She also has a dark blue robe, darker than his, with sort of soft golden trim. Um, the outfit appears to be similar to what you might find in a like desert-dwelling yeah. culture. Um, desert folk? Yeah, desert folk. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. What a good good use of uh, <laughs> terminology. Um, and you can see, obviously, uh, in the photo, you can see she has like vials on her, and she does have a dagger present. She has a satchel. Um, next to them is another young, uh, almost human-looking. It, it may be a half-elf. You, you can't tell because her ears are concealed. But she has a short sword at her waist. Um, and, uh, uh, is dressed in a sort of more roguish, swashbuckly sort of way. But you do see in front of her on the desk, a book open and a satchel nearby with some books. So she gives a sort of like, maybe she's a mage, but clearly she is, yeah. uh, uh, physically skilled. Um, uh, next to them is a young drow, a uh, dark elf, um, who has a very... Uh, very, uh, I, I would dare say, cute look to him. Um, he's very—he's definitely younger than everyone in the group. Um, you can tell that he has like his uh, canines are much sharper. It, it almost looks like he has fangs. Yeah. Um, and he has traditional white, drowish hair and kind of reddish-colored eyes with these thin, uh, like Padawani braids near his ears. Yeah. Um, Funny, he doesn't look drowned. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he does have a, sort of a dark, like dark purple colored robes. Near them is another young female presenting mage uh, with kind of blue and gray outfit with very deep red hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, kind of sitting slightly behind and off to the side, the sixth member... Uh, almost looks like she fits in better with your group than she does with this group. All these mages look, uh, they look like they're around the same age as your group, but they look more confident and more accomplished. <laughs> yeah, this um, one's a fucking dweeb. This one's a, d- <laughs> this one's a dweeb, like big wire rim glasses, um, a very sort of like pixie cut, uh, and has a large satchel a back satchel that she carries with a, a large book um, and dressed in a very traditional mage robe, yeah. um, almost like overdressed 
Um, and so these six young mages are already here and they're positioned in sort of a way where they're all kind of around the center mage who's got like the white hair that almost looks like it's slicked back yeah. uh, and an owl perched on his shoulder. Um, the owl has a very um, almost like celestial look to it uh -huh. rather than a traditional like owl. And when you guys enter, everyone turns to look at you when the door opens. It's very loud. And all the students look, except for the, the main guy. Yeah. He's like kind of leaning over. The owl's head turns all the way around to look at you guys. And you hear a, whoo, whoo. And uh, all the, the other five students look at you. The four professors look at you. And uh, you sort of get motioned in. They sort of wave you down. Um, and position you so that there are about 10 feet away from the other group, kind of off to what would be stage left or audience right. Um, and uh, as you guys all take your seats and sit down and everything gets settled, uh, one of the professors turns to the group. Um, it is Professor... Uh, uh, oh, Professor Vendra, the green-haired... Elven professor, this one. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, she turns, she's very like golden eyes. She turns to you and she says, um, uh, given some... Uh, on the academic side of things, uh, professor, between the professors, uh, we have decided to uh, merge more than just two of our courses. There's some extreme overlap with some of the courses that the professors teach. Of course, I teach spell theory, uh, specifically how spells function at their base, uh, uh, at their core, uh, and how they interact with physical laws. That spell theory comes with spell transcription which is why Professor Beckett and I have decided that we will teach our courses sort of in tandem, where we will both be present for your instruction so that you are transcribing your spells appropriately and uh, we are discussing the theory behind these transcriptions, behind each piece of the spells that you will be learning. Together we will cover spells uh, sort of similar to uh, base magic spells, uh, how to use telekinesis to catapult items across the room. Um, spells like uh, summoning elemental lightning. Uh, focus Using spell foci like a diamond to focus the chromatic energies of the world around you and how the theory behind the elements works in tandem with the Archimel fabric of magic together. Um, and of course, uh, uh, some practice spells uh, such as illusory spells, um, using these, these telekinetics as a sort of magical servant, unseen to most, but seen to the most <laughs> perceptive of mages. Uh -huh. uh, Dr. Ferabellum, of course, you know, uh, is, uh, specializes in formula analysis, uh, talking about the base spell formulas that you will be t transcribing. 
So while I will talk mainly, mainly about the theory behind these spells and how the elements weave together to form the spells, uh, Dr. Ferrabellum will be talking to you specifically about uh, spell formulas, how to structure your spells when you're copying them, and how to perhaps uh, learn the fundamentals so that you can take those pieces and perhaps create new versions of your spells and alter them, um, which of course again goes hand in hand with the transcription from Dr. Beckett. And all of this under the umbrella of, and she gestures to uh, Provenzano, who, if you recall, uh, is a Lamia. Yeah. She sort of has the body of, uh, this particular one has a body of like uh, a cat yeah. or a panther. Um, uh, and is a, uh, for those of you who don't know, Lamia are uh, like centaur, where their bottom half is a different animal and the, then the top half is a human from about the waist up. She says, uh, she gestures over to uh, Provenzano and she says, um, uh, of course we all know uh, Professor Provenzano, who you may call Marie. She will be handling your penmanship and making sure that you are, yeah, Marie. Uh, she will be making sure that uh, all of the writing that you uh, uh, produce through the course of your first year uh, focusing on proper technique and implementing the written word for your spell work, and of course, um, calligraphy, and making sure that your writing is uh, up to par uh, for a member of the guild. Because of, of course, we want to make sure that all our students, as they progress, that their written word is as tight and as perfect as it can be. Now, some of you come from uh, families well-known for their penmanship. Among you, uh, the Zlikstrin bloodline. As I recall, Virilel Zlikstrin was one of the highest performing students in penmanship. And uh, Marie sort of is like, uh, oui. <laughs> Villel was one of my best students. Uh, and uh, Vendra gestures over to the other group and says, and of course, Master Magnus from the great Magnum bloodline. His father, of course. What is his name? His name is... His last name is Magnus, and he she's gesturing the Magnum bloodline. Yeah. Uh, she says, Elden here, Elden Magnus. Yeah. Um, his father, Elden Magnus II, uh, one of the most accomplished theorists in magic. He has developed several unique varieties of spells and so it seems we have two students in rival student groups <laughs> uh and he kind of like looks over at you why been two bad bitches against each other <laughs> gives you like an eyebrow turns back and says there's no need to pin two bad bitches against each other <laughs> i like you like this guy. There's room for the Magnus and the Zlikstrin bloodline, is there not? And he kind of gives you like a 
like a eyebrow like raise. a flirty eyebrow raise, kind of a little bit. Like, <laughs> I kind of give like a. Oh. <laughs> he sort of has a vibe like he knows he's very like. His bloodline is very he's got a hot potent. Shot vibe. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I also don't. I don't want you to get the impression that he's like sleazy. His uh, in in the flirty sense, right? He's. Sleazy in the, like, I'm a cocky mage. I'm probably one of the best mages here. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's very, like, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, and so Vendra says, uh, so obviously the, these four courses being so similar to each other, we figured that teaching these courses in tandem would help you with each of the different aspects of these courses. Uh, and then she kind of launches into a monologue about materials that you'll need for spell transcription. Very similar to what the Philosophy of Magic course was. Ink, you know, ink pens or quills, whatever you prefer, parchment. Um, Vellum uh, is... Parchment is is free to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Vellum can be acquired, uh, although there is a... Like a fee. She doesn't say, like, you have to buy it from the school, but it is a little bit harder to requisition vellum Mm -hmm. because it's a higher quality, longer lasting type uh, page material. Um, She says, but, you know, parchment required, this and that. And while she's droning on, uh, uh, Alan A leans over to you and is like, hey. Yeah? I'm here. Yeah? Magnus is kind of cute, isn't he? I kind of grin. Do you think he's cute? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um. Should I tell him? I think, um. Um. I think it's good to get to know each other first. Oh. Like, um, like, what his pronouns are, and whether he, he, likes, he likes hugs, hugs or, not. or not. Yeah. Um, that's a good first start. Okay. And then that's a good idea. Um, maybe just chat and get to know him and see if you guys um get along well, and then maybe from there you can see if uh, you if if um y- you. Want to let him know you think he's cute? Oh, I meant like I could chat with him and find out those things, and then I would tell him that you think he's cute. But you, I, you said that. Oh, you agreed, right? <laughs> like I was saying, I think he's cute to get you to agree with me, so that I would know whether you think he's cute or not. That... Why do you want me to? Why do you care if I think he's cute? Oh, didn't he? Didn't you see the way he looked at you? Yeah, whatever. He doesn't know who I am. He doesn't How, know anything. Like Magnus, like. That be just. I don't. I don't know what that is. <laughs> when you do that, you hear, "Quiet, Miss Zlikstrin." Sorry. Sorry. And Alan goes, "Oh, I'm sorry. It was my fault." Nymir and, Nymir and I were talking about whether we think Magnus is cute. I do. Oh, God, please. I bury my head. <laughs> um, same way I did in the, in the 
the opening. Oh, yeah. I buried my <laughs> coat. I pulled my coat forward to kind of bury my head, and I just, ugh. Do that for a moment. <laughs> she, like, is standing up now. She's like, oh. She lowers her hand. My pink skin, bright red in the face. <laughs> is it like the, the gradient goes away? <laughs> it turns red. Um, Alan, like, slowly sits down and is, like, looks at you, like, <laughs> gives the, like, the, the okay, like, I got this, like, I got your back. <laughs> oh, boy. And, um, <laughs> um, how is Eldon, you said? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to look up, is he looking over here? Yeah, he's, like, he's, like. <laughs> like 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 smarmy laugh within the group cuz the group's all like <laughs> pointing at you guys like yeah. ooh, ooh. uh and he's just like oh, <laughs> of course I'm of course I'm attractive <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Venture goes enough and everything like gets all quiet she says uh we will begin normal coursework tomorrow. Now that you have the, the, the list of supplies you will need, you will be expected at some point between now and in the afternoon tomorrow to visit the quartermaster and acquire the materials you will need for your classes. <clears throat> Might I suggest that the two groups go separately? And you see Beckett, like, <laughs> kind of, like, yeah. trying to stifle, like, a little laugh. Uh, and Farabellum up front is, like, rolling. He's, like, ugh, rolling his eyes. Like that Robert Downey Jr. gif from yes. from Avengers. Like, yes. just, like, ugh. I hate first years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and they uh, they opened the floor to questions. If you If you or any of the students have any questions. The other group does not appear to have any questions. And everyone in your group is like, kind of like, yeah. <laughs> not we sure they should say it. anything. Yeah, we already fudged it for this class. <sighs> How are Sid and Brayton doing? So, Brayton is what I. <laughs> Brayton is a almost a stereotypical like himbo. He 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 does appear that he's relatively sharp uh in a sort of like general sense but he does sort of almost feel like he's a little disconnected from the educational side of things or the academic side of things um but he's definitely oblivious currently to sid who is very much like takes the opportunity to sit as close to brayton as possible like is like all in yes like Sid is like next to Brayton every chance they get. Uh, Brayton is just very much like, oh, that's you know, like oh, we're such good friends. We're such good friends. Like, like, and like we'll go to tussle Sid's hair in interactions, and when he does that, Sid gets so like bashful that the tips of the front of Sid's hair, which because he's a fire ganasi, yeah, the yeah. tips of Sid's hair just go. <laughs> And he kind of, it smokes a little bit when he gets kind of nervous and, like, shy. Um, there's lots of opportunity for them to, like, 
like and in between coming and going from a lot of these places they're they're always kind of shoulder to shoulder next to each other interacting and in particular this well during the interaction of like Alan A outing you you know like about the whole Elden thing which is not really outing you but um as she's like shouting this or whatever um uh, there's this like uh reaction from Sid kind of like pulls away from Brayton a little bit uh, as they're, Alanae says this, the teachers are like, enough, you know, yeah. yeah. So Sid's like <clears throat> trying to act all like, oh yeah, prim, proper, yes, we're, we're in class, we, you know, nothing is going on, we're in class, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and <laughs> there's a moment where Sid pulls away and does that, like sits up straight, like fiddles with books and paper, like gets everything squared away. And you see like Brayton notice that Sid is no longer sitting like shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And Brayton kind of like looks a little sad, like, and kind of like looks down and looks at his shoulder and looks at Sid. And Sid's just like smiling, like, <laughs> and Brayton just like looks at him, smiles, and then looks at his shoulder and just kind of like shrugs, like, you yeah. know, yeah, it is what it is, you know, and then kind of turns back his attention to. So as the class is being dismissed, yeah. The professors are kind of making their way out through the back offices. Um, Alan is like, we could go talk to him. Do you want to talk to them? Oh, I mean like Magnus, you know? I don't know if I'm... I was just... I was just telling you that you kind of have to get to know people first before you... So I don't really know him at all. Well, don't you want to know, like, if you want, if he likes hugs and what his pronouns are? Uh, uh, yeah, we can find, we can find that out. Um, look, I don't know if I'm really, maybe as a friend, you know? Oh, yeah. Is there something more than friends? Uh, I was, I shouldn't have. Well, I mean, I was hoping that we weren't going to meet him like enemies or something. You're right. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Let's see if... Okay. Eldon! 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 He, like, turns to look in your direction and gives, like, a... Absolutely not. Like, like just a shake of his head that implies, like, absolutely not. And he kind of turns to walk away. She's like, oh, maybe he didn't hear me. Nim thinks to herself, man, I know someone you would really get along with. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I mean, if we run, we could catch him. I mean, we'll see him in the next cl- class, right? Like, it's not a big deal. Oh, okay. I just, I thought we were making friends. Doesn't seem like I want to be friends. Oh, who wouldn't want to be friends with you? You're like, you're like great and perfect and wonderful. You're like, you're like so cool. Stop. Um, that's very very sweet. You know what? Maybe we should go talk to them just to like make amends for the, the weirdness. The um. What weirdness? <laughs> The, um, 
we were kind of loud in class. I think we caused a disruption. Um, so maybe we could talk to them about that for just a minute. So you want to apologize for causing a disruption? Yeah. Oh, uh -huh. okay. I... I... Okay. We can walk over there. We don't have to yell. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she, like, scurries over, like, out the door into the hallway. I walk over there. Uh, Lena's like, no way. No how. Mm-mm. Not, not doing it. Mm-mm. Nope, 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 nope. And Chewie's like, come on. Don't you want to make new friends? Lena's like, that guy ain't no friend. He ain't no friend of mine. Lena would be the type to take a guy like that, tell me he has something on his shirt, and give him a <laughs> She had to, like, jump up to do it. <laughs> uh, she was like, come on, Lena. It'll be fun. Lena's like, <sighs> looks at you. Like, do we gotta? <laughs> you don't have to, but you're gonna be stuck with just us a lot of the time. It might be good to meet some new people. Make a persuasion check or an intimidation check. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do persuasion. Oh, 11. Lena goes, yeesh. Yeah, you got a point. <laughs> Stuck with these guys. Uh. Alan, wait up! And she like runs off to catch up to Alan, who's kind of taking a few steps away. And Chewie's like, "Um, wait for me! Wait for me!" And Chewie like, <sighs> and interestingly enough, when, all four. Yeah, when Chewie runs, <laughs> You're say yes, <laughs> Chewie to go fast. Chewie like gets down on all fours, like like runs across to catch up with them. Um, do you remember? I think it's in Jungle Book when Mowgli is on all fours for uh -huh. a little bit. That's exactly yeah. what I pictured. Yep. Um, Brayton and Sid kind of look at each other and Brayton's like, did you want to go make new friends, Sid? And Sid says, well, I'm, I'm kind of ha happy with the friends that I have. Just us, you know? And there's a heavy implication that just us. No, just them. And Brayden went, Brayden goes, oh, well, all right then. Um, did you want to head back to the room and, and, uh, study? Sid's like, um, well, um, we, we could go get our supplies. And Brayden's like, ah, what a wonderful idea. I care to accompany me, Master Sid, to our supplies. Like, total, like, hammy, like, and Sid's like, arm, like, Bright red. You said Sid had a like a corset on. Uh huh. It? It's sort of like a large belt, but like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's meant to be tight, kind of like waisted. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. And so you see them kind of like ready to go off, and Brayton's like, "Oh, we'll we'll catch up with you guys later." Okay. Have fun. I say to Sid. <laughs> Brayton like oblivious turns to walk, arm in arm, and Sid's like, "Thank you." <laughs> Um, Aerith, you want to come with? I, f I get the funny feeling you might like Elden. Uh, well, uh, 
to be honest, Zlikstrin, I'm not really interested in getting mixed up in whatever scheme you have going, whatever plotting you're doing, but... Oh, I, that's I, funny, I thought you might like to get a scope on the competition. Someone said uh, something about a rival... Uh, well, well, uh, well, well, you know... I, mean, I suppose I wouldn't mind uh, uh, being near you while you do such things things. Looks away nervously, like, mm. <laughs> Makes a squinty-eyed face, adjusts her glasses, realizes she did not phrase that well. Hmm. Sure, I'll accompany you with whatever shenanigans you get up to. Um, that's everyone, yeah? I think so? Uh, yes. You have Alan A., Chiwi, Lena, Aerith, and you, mm -hmm. while Brayton and Sid go off. Uh, and you do manage, they, uh, Chiwi and uh, Alanae go fast enough, and Lena go fast enough to catch them outside and stop the group. And you and Aerith kind of catch up. Four people. To, five people? Five people. To be like, hey, sorry about that. <laughs> That's so awkward. Yeah, and so the group is sort of standing, the rival student group is standing out there. The rival dojo. Uh, the rival dojo. Um, standing out, outside, and um, the kind of geeky looking one, the yeah. nerd, kind of off to the side. <laughs> dweeb. No, the dweeb. Um, oh, funny enough, her name is Dweeby. Um, um, but all of them are sort of standing together around, almost like... Uh, that one, oh, well, well, the, uh, dark-haired, uh, desert folk, uh, the sword-wielding kind of adventurous type. Swashbuckly. The swashbuckly one. Um, the drow, uh, and the, uh, redhead. Yeah. Are all almost, like, kind of enamored with the central, El Elden. Mm. It's almost like fangirly maybe yeah. like a little bit you know but probably mostly because like magnus even to someone like you you know of the magnum family the, the magnus um and so your the three of you the three of your group get catch up to them and stop them and you and Aerith manage to catch up and uh alan i said says uh oh eldon um Nymira wanted to apologize, and she totally just points. As I, like, white person crosswalk, half-drawing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to them. Uh, I did. I did. Okay, well, maybe you should do that. And Alan A, like, steps back into the group. Is that what Alan A said? Yeah. Oh. Do I have their attention? Oh yeah, they're look yeah, Eldon's looking at the whole group's looking at you. Um I'm sorry for um the outburst in class. Um Alan and I were having a uh funny conversation and um it got a little louder than 
uh, I intended. Um, so I wanted to apologize. He sort of like looks to his left and his right, which is opposite of what I physically did right to left. Um, and he says, uh, Zlikstrin. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Zlikstrin. Mm -hmm. Your family is, uh, well known. As is yours, I hear. I know. I am honored to be attending the conservatory at the same time someone with such background as, as noble and revered as yours. And he like extends his hand to you at first giving the impression that he's like trying to take your hand, you know, like, like a, like a gentleman would be like, <laughs> and try to kiss your hand. But as he extends it, he like straightens, it straightens his hand, his fingers out. Like he's like, handshake to you um can i see can i gauge his intent make an insight check Seventeen. as far as you can tell he's being genuine okay there's no um buzzer on his hand <laughs> there's no buzzer on his hand that's more no. of a lena thing i feel yeah. um I go for a good solid handshake and as he, my red hand extends out. He shakes your hand and then it is a firm, uh, I hate to use this word, it is a firm, appropriately length handshake. There is, n as your inside would tell, there's no ill intent. He shakes your hand, it's a very firm, like it's a solid, like yeah, that was a good handshake. Yeah. And he says, uh, I hope whatever uh, rivalry develops between your student group and mine uh, is nothing more than friendly. We are all here to learn the conjurative arts and make names for ourselves outside of our parents' shadow. Are we not? And Alan A chimes in immediately. I don't have any parents. <laughs> um, I'd like to think that all competition is really more about seeing what you can do rather than um, what you're trying to prove to anyone else. Um, if I could point my voice at Aerith, I would. Mm -hmm. As I say this to Eldon. Gotcha. He says, uh, allow me to introduce you to my friends. Please. Uh, he introduces the dark-haired woman in the desert folk outfit first. And he says, um, this, well, actually he would say, my friends, oh, my friends can introduce themselves. So they introduce themselves. Uh, the dark-haired woman introduces herself as Lucia Ebenwood. 
And I don't have, and I don't know, it's a lot, but I do have uh, information regarding like where each of the other students is from, which I can give you later. We don't have to, I have to recite all this information. Actually, yeah. I can just send it to you. Um, but she is a, she's desert folk and she comes from another continent. Mm-hmm. Um, she comes from the desert that is to the west of Hub, mm-hmm. uh, the major city that you, that we've been to in previous games. Um, I've never played D and D before. <laughs> uh, the swashbuckler, the 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 uh, brunette swashbuckler, introduces herself as Lara Whitmore, and um, she has a very she's sort of a cross between personality wise uh, between like Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, um, and uh, a sort of like Indiana Jones adventuring type. Um, and a sort of uh, uh, Kira Knightley's character—I forget her, her character's name—from Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Sort of like kind of a Elizabeth Swan. Yes, 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 oh. yes. She's cool. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, Lara Whitmore. Uh, the Drow introduces themselves as Drace Moonfall, but it's very quiet. Gives their name. And basically nothing else. Uh, the redhead introduces herself as Estella Morgana. Mm-hmm. Scribble, 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 scribble. Estella Morgana. What was the name of the? What was the name of the red witch in Game of Thrones? Uh oh, God. It's like right in the front of my brain. It's definitely not Morgana. It's not Morgana. No. But it's something... Morgana, Morgana, the name Morgana comes from Arthurian lore. Um, and the dweeb introduces herself as Valaine Sanguina. Mm-hmm. And you recognize the name pretty instantly. Sanguina, the family name is as prominent as the Zlikstrin name and the Magnus name. Uh, however, they are prominent because there are rumors swirling around the Sanguinus name that they uh, practice blood magic and that maybe they're vampires oh. <laughs> or dompiers, half vampire, half... Mortal, um, half dweeb, half dweeb, <laughs> uh, but clearly uh, Valaine does not look full dweeb. Full dweeb, yeah, full dweeb. Um, sh- she her, yes, for Valina, yes, Valaine. She her for Valaine, she her for Estella, they them for Drace. Um, she her for Lucia, he him for. Elden. Uh-huh. Uh, Lara has a sort of... A she-they? Yeah. Kind of, kind of leaning very, like... M- she's very masculine presenting. Other, I mean, she has long, flowing hair, and she, she... But she dresses very, like... She's downplaying her own gender. So she has a sort of she-they vibe. Um, are you going to ask specifically? I'm going to ask for pronouns and whether they want hugs or not. Ah, okay. That's been a distinguished 
Lara has no pronoun preference. She's okay. good with all, well, the three main ones. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, Lara does present a very masculine and definitely has like a, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm this heroic swashbuckler uh, persona to her. And sometimes presents more masculine, sometimes presents more feminine. Today is a masculine day. So today is a he day. And that could change tomorrow for her. Um, and she appreciates you clarifying. All of them do, obviously. Uh, Eldon is, uh, is uh, no hugs. <laughs> I should write these down. <laughs> Eldon, no hugs. What about the owl? What's the uh, owl's name? Uh, <laughs> the owl's name is... What's his What's his name? Get, let me look it up before I answer Lucifer. that question. <laughs> no. Uh, I'll I'll tell you. I'll look it up right now because I I know exactly what the owl's name is going to be, um, and I'll tell you whether the owl likes hugs or not. Um, but Lucia is a ask before you hug me, but generally she says she likes hugs. Lara very uh, touch. Centric, uh, centric, very touch oriented, loves hugs, high fives, fist bumps, any sort of sign of physical uh, endearment or affection. Um, Big fan. uh, Yes. Uh, Drace is a very like, I would prefer you not even necessarily interact with me much (laughs) unless necessary. The owl's name is Bubo. And Bubo appreciate, appreciates scritches uh, if you are willing to give them. Uh, Estella, sure, hugs are fine kind of thing. Like, yes. If, I'm putting if, no hugs. If you must, basically. <laughs> um, and Valaine gives you a sort of like, uh, also kind of a no hug vibe. Okay, okay. Um, they don't really. The only one that seems openly friendly with everyone is Lara. Yeah, she's very much just like a ha ha, you know, kind of like a a nice Gaston vibe where he's you know Gaston's like ha ha ha, I'm Gaston, and she's like I'm Lara, and she's very open with everyone, you know, back pats and you know that that kind of thing. Except you know without all the creepy Gaston vibes. Um, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Our friend Sam. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Love you, Sam. Um, do you have any questions or anything for them? Um, I, would, I just want to have like a general chat with them. Sure. Um, while we have them. Uh, are you guys liking your the school so far? Um, the group generally agrees. It's different than most of them are used to. Um, they don't appear to be particularly they don't they don't appear to be as close as your group is to each other and so their sort of answers are a little bit disjointed and you get the sense that like eldon's game for basically anything he's glad to be here this is his 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 whole family has come here um he's living up to his family name um lucia is very far from home misses home dearly um uh, talks about you know missing the the desert climate basically and feeling almost a little uncomfortable being in such a uh, moderate climate. Yeah. But 
is excited to further her career as a mage. Um, Lara is the type who is just up for adventure. It, this is a whole big adventure. She's excited to be here. She doesn't really have a home to miss because she grew up on a ship and uh, um, is a sort of like very sailor background, you know. Um, and so she's just glad to be here on an adventure, but she does generally miss being on a ship and she's excited to get through her time here so that she can yeah. get back to it. Um, Drace chooses not really to engage with anyone. He doesn't really provide any sort of answers. Yeah. Um, but when you ask the group and the group's talking amongst themselves, Eldon turns to Drace and says, like, you're excited to be here, aren't you, Drace? And Drace just kind of looks at him, like, gives a, like, a very slight nod. Interesting. Um, what's the name of the character from Parks and Rec uh, that is in the couple with uh, Chris Pratt's character? Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza's character from... April. April. He's very, like... No, no real eyebrow movement, right? Just very like that, that sort of like. But he's mm -hmm. so cute. Mm -hmm. He's very cute. Um, they are very cute. Sorry, that was my bad. Uh, Estella is sort of in the same boat as as Lucia, where she's far from home. Yeah. Um, but there is a way home. Perhaps a homecoming at some point. Spider Man? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, and she, she's excited to be here, and uh, mostly excited to learn a different type of magic than what she's used to using. And Valaine gives a sort of like, yes, I'm, I'm excited. Very simple, like. Um, this is kind of a weird question. Do any of them look down on, like, Chiwi or anyone in our group or just, like, the general vibe? Does, doesn't feel like it. That's good. Um, you get the sense that even though there will probably be some pretty intense rivalries between students, the teachers have gone out of their way to make sure they're using the right pronouns. And so far, only Professor Karaya has really mixed one up with Sid. But then when Sid corrected her, she was like, ah, oh, okay, yes. And so the professor's... And really, everyone here has done a good job of making this place feel like everyone is equal. Yeah. And uh, as they might say, uh, discrimination is a beast that has been slain in this world in general. Mm -hmm. Though there is some level of discrimination in the, um, the sense that, uh, like, noble... There's... there's Certain noble families, Hierarchy. yeah, like, and there's certain noble families that kind of look down on other noble families. Like, you're not quite as noble as us, so you're, like, kind of below us. Different values. Yeah, yeah, but there's definitely not, there's none of that, like, oh, well, you're, you're a, like, petty commoner. Like, there's none of that that exists. So, uh, you, you definitely, both you and Nim get, uh, Nymera get the sense that, uh, uh, they, though they see you as rivals as a different student group, uh -huh. they don't see you, any of you as less than them. That's good. Um, we have a general chat. Mm -hmm. I, um... Oh, one quick thing. To sort of solidify that point, 
Eldon makes a point of like personally introducing himself to each one of the members of your group yeah. and shakes their hand and like in your general chat with each other, they sort of all are willing to, except for maybe Drace, yeah. they're all willing to give like a little bit of like, hey, this is my background, this is where I've come from, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's this sort of like, oh, okay, like, yeah, even though we're, you know, kind of rivals, you know, like there's a, there's a, a like you're all far from home. You know, yeah. you're all here, you know, to to get through these six and a half years and you get a sense that nobody wants to make it difficult for the other because you guys are all equal. Cool. Very cool. Anyway, you were going to say? I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, it is the end of the day. Curfew's coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we probably just like stay in chat and probably end on a note of like, we should, we should... Hang out sometime, just like a general. We should go out on the town. Eldon is like, well, maybe we'll catch each other at the commissary, and well, we can uh, put, put put a couple of tables together. That and... sounds lovely. Um, Chiwi, as the groups are parting, yeah. Chiwi's like, um, Magnus, <laughs> and Eldon kind of turns back, like. Yes, uh, my little green friend. Uh, she was like, I'm... I think you're really cool. And I like you a lot. And maybe we should hang out or something. <laughs> and Eldon said, Eldon kind of like kneels down so he's kind of more even like looking at Chiwi and is like, you are quite the character, Chiwi. I like that about you. She was like, kind of goes red a little bit, like, yeah. thanks, <laughs> and like grins. And there's all these like kind of not like not like bad, not like like decaying teeth, but they're clearly not well yeah. kept. And he and Chewie's like, thanks, <laughs> and uh, Eldon's like, it was a pleasure to meet you, Chewie, and like goes to like shake Chewie's hand. And when Chiwi goes to shake his hand, Chiwi accidentally like kind of grips a little tight, and claws the claws kind of cut Eldon's hand slightly, and he doesn't recoil, but Chiwi kind of like Chiwi cuts, and it's like, oh, I'm so sorry, and Chiwi looks like they're kind of embarrassed and like yeah. like uh, uh, yeah. uh and uh, Eldon is like, oh, now not my friend, no, nothing that a little magic can fix. And you watch Eldon reach over and put his left hand over his right hand and a soft, bright, almost like celestial glow yeah. appears. And then when he removes his hand, the cuts are gone. And there's a little bit of like blood on his hand that he kind of like, you know, yeah. kind of you know, licks his finger and like rubs the blood out or whatever. But the cuts are gone and they're healed. And if... If that is curious to Nim, Nim could attempt to make a. I was just thinking. I, I don't know. I don't know if I have any idea about healing spells, but I can try. Uh, why don't you make an Arcana check? Because it is magic. Twelve. Curious about what he does specifically. He does not recite any words. He does not reach for any material components, and he does not make any hand gestures other than. Simply, Laying his hand on the Yeah. Um, summoning a sort of like a healing light. Uh, 
Um, 12 is probably good enough to notice that a lot of Elden's features are very perfect. Yes. The hair is like perfectly white. His eyes have a sort of like almost gemstone quality to the pupils. His facial features are very symmetrical. The fact that he's summoning celestial light, it almost gives you the impression that he might be... Close to divinity? Yeah. Where if Nymira is close to a sort of fiendish heritage, that Elden might be close to a sort of celestial heritage. Very interesting. And then, of course, the groups part ways, and Elden reassures Chiwi, like, everything is all right. I kind of do a very slow, thoughtful turn after that. Like, huh, okay, I'm going to pocket that. Yeah. And uh, Chewie says, Should we go back to the dorm and have, like, like a sleepover? <laughs> I think we have lots of sleepovers to come. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we're, like, living together. Because we're, like, living together for, like, six years. Oh, Yeah. That that's a good point. Well, I mean, this we could start. I mean, we technically start started last night. I'm just really excited to like stay up late with you guys. Um. Yeah, let's go. You see, Aerith kind of roll her eyes a little bit, like staying up late, like ugh. Uh, and then, uh, go ahead. Um. I, just as we're walking, I have something to say to. Chiwi, it can sure. wait. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I was just about to say Chiwi very excitedly oh. uh, runs off towards the room. <laughs> As we're on our way to the room to Chiwi, I'm like, um, do you like your nails or do they bother you? Oh, I mean, I like them, but like, I don't like when I hurt people. We could, um, I have some stuff to, like, I don't want to file them down if you, if you like them. Chewie's hands kind of recoil a little bit. Um. And Chewie's like, um, the tribe said that I'm not supposed to get rid of them. If you like them and you feel like it's an important part of you, then please keep them. Um, but if you're worried about them, there's no reason... Well, um... I don't really like them. Because I hurt all the people that I like. <laughs> and sometimes the other people in the tribe, they hurt me. And They're all scarred up, right? Yeah. yeah. She, and she kind of does like a... Like reaches for their face and kind of like... In gestures towards the scars. <sighs> Would you be okay if um, we polished up your fingers and toes? Do you think that um that my tribe will be mad at me? Well, are they here? No. Are you gonna go there? Not for like six and a half years. <laughs> Not for a while. So, I, if you want to. If you want to grow them back, they'll grow back over time. 
Are you suggesting that we have a Manny Petty montage? That's kind. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm uh, suggesting we do. Yeah. I would really like that. <laughs> um, we head to the room. And um, I'm sure in like my hygiene kit yeah. or whatever, oh, 100%. I have nail clippers and maybe like a metal filer. Yeah. Um, so I, um, whatever the bathing accommodations are, I suggest that that part happens first. Mm -hmm. And then um, I will, I don't think I have nail polish, but I'm going to... Um, just shorten them, um, get out the heavy duty nail clippers and, uh, do chiwis. And then, um, if anybody else wants me to do them, I will. Or if anybody wants to do each other's nail, like Manny Petty montage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you guys get back to the room, and there's talk of going to shower, bathe, yeah. right? the, the hygiene process. Um, uh, uh, yes, the hygiene, the hygiene process. process. Process, yes. Um, Aerith is like, well, isn't that what prestidigitation is for? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's like, I mean, I suppose we could all, you know, go bathe with each other or something. And uh, <clears throat> Sid is like really embarrassed. And is like, I, I'm. I, we could like, all bathe separately. Yeah. And privately. Yeah. And then meet back here and then do nails. Mhm. Mm okay. And, uh, Sid gathers their things, like a, essentially like a change of clothes and yeah. hygiene stuff. And as they're leaving, Brayton's like, "Well, hurry back now, Sid. I'm I'm going to miss you." Sid's like, dart out the door. Um, I'm going to ask Sid to wait up. I'm going to kind of call out to them and uh, grab my own stuff real quick and try to go after them. Mm -hmm. You catch them. Hey, um, are you all right? Just wanted to make sure. I mean, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> you, you can tell. No insight check needed. Okay. You can tell. Natural one on bluff, right? Yeah. Like, um, well, um, is it okay if I walk with you? Uh, Sid nods. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Sid nods and just very, like, kind of bashfully, like, yeah. yeah. I walk with Sid. Sid's quiet. Yeah. Um... How are you liking the class so far? I'm, it's good. It's, you know, they're good. They're, um, you know, kind of what I expected. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I don't really know what I expected, but they are sort of what I expected, even if I didn't really, <laughs> you know, know what to expect. Right. Um, you pay him a lot of attention in the classes? I mean, yeah, you know, no, yeah. No um, distractions or anything. Well, what do you what do you mean? 
seem uh, maybe a little preoccupied. Oh well, yeah, you, you know, it's just because you know, just you know, new friends and you know, um, it's, it's just it's all kind of been a little overwhelming, you know, and 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 just wanted just yeah. It's good. Everything's good. Yeah. Totally fine. Not distracted at all. <laughs> um, well, I don't want to push you on anything, but if you ever want to talk about the new friends you make or if... Um, for any reason you find yourself, um, you know, um, distracted to the point that you want to talk to somebody. <laughs> uh, make a persuasion check. Okay. The only reason I'm proficient in persuasion is because I'm a cutie. Hell yeah, and you are. <laughs> <laughs> me um seven total uh seven total sid looks like they're about to kind of open up a little bit and then sid kind of pulls back and is like i just i i thank you you smile big do you want to get your nails done Sid kind of nods vigorously, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> You're not a, upset that I wanted to bathe alone, like, away from the group? No, no, not at all. Um, I mean, I kind of prefer it, too. I just feel like, um, it, uh, a couple people in our group, um, are still learning what boundaries are. So I don't feel like, I think not adding the element of bathing together is maybe a good idea for, um... is there any reason that you want to talk about? If not, that's fine. Sid gives uh, gives it like genuine thought. You can see yeah. on Sid's face that they're like not necessarily close to opening up, but they there's the thought like you can tell Sid feels much more comfortable talking to you. Sid says, mm, "Maybe we'll, we can talk about it later." I smile. And Sid kind of turns to like walk away from where, like from you. And it kind of turns back and is like, I I really do want to do the nail thing. So I'll see you back at the, at the room. Sure. That sounds good. Sid, like when Sid turns from you this time, there's like a, like a little flame, a little smoke coming from the tips of the front of Sid's hair. Yeah. And Sid kind of. Walks off. Thanks for the talk. Call out. Sid does this thing where 
they turn around to face you, but they're still walking backwards, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Very stereotypical move me moment, like, yeah. thanks for making me feel comfortable. I smile big again. <laughs> um, if there's anything else, just let me know. Sid kind of turns around quickly and, like, rounds the corner, like, kind of speeds off. Yeah. And, uh... Are you you have your stuff to go? I do. I are are you gonna me. go back to the room? Or are you gonna go over to? I'll go bathe wherever. Okay. By the time you get back, they have individual. Uh, Single stall, private, gender, yeah, neutral. Yeah, private bathing area. That's mm-hmm. that is more than just like the single shower bath bath shower. Like it's like a whole bathroom for what would be 66 students so all students could use the all students of this level in this building of the conservatory could use it at once although you're 67 student but i gotta kill someone (laughs) yeah after all the bathing individual bathing and you guys all return to the room and uh we have a a little mani petty montage we do Insert Manny Petty montage music. I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> girls just want to have fun. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, um, and uh, and everyone, you know, and even, even you get even like, Lena is like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and like, Aerith is like on her bed, like, reading. But you can tell, like, every once in a while, Aerith, like, looks over and sees how much fun everyone is having. And at one point, she, like, repositions herself. So she's sitting on the edge of her bed and her feet are, like, hanging off the bed. Uh-huh. And she, like, is, like, looking at you. like, And then she sees, like, you catch her looking at you yeah, and she, yeah. like, looks back in her book. But she, like, is, like, swinging her, you know, feet and, like, oh, spreading her toes. Like... <laughs> um... Oh, Aerith. Did you, did you want to turn? Oh, I, I mean, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, she joins the montage. Yay! And uh, I think that is a good place to stop for the end of our second session. You, uh, you and your student group braved the first day of classes. <laughs> you underwent a tactical application, yes. um, a, a cool, uh, cool combat. You know that was this is fun and lots of physical training all through the morning and uh, having uh, interacted with some of your professors to kind of get an idea of what those classes are going to entail. Um, we got a little bit of a uh, uh, a look at the spell work that the courses are going to present to you. And some of the spells that Nim has the possibility of learning through her first year, um, we you met a rival a student group, mm-hmm. um, uh, where you met at least two other mages who have family names that are as um, renowned renowned as, as this Lickstrand name, and made friends with the rival group, yeah. which is really cool and perhaps unexpected. Um, and uh, a Manny Petty montage with the the seven of you in dorm eleven. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.
Bye-bye.